rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Okay, where am I? There I am. How's everybody doing? My name is Tara Devlin. I hope the show is working. I don't know. It better work. How's it going in in the YouTube chat? Is everything? I'm just trying to. I'm waiting a second to see if it comes up. What the hell is going on? Something weird is happening with YouTube because we're having Tom Hartman on tonight. What is that? What am I seeing? What I'm seeing? Am I really close up? What the hell? Is that for real? In on YouTube, it's like zoomed in. Is this happening? Somebody in the chat will tell me if the YouTube channel is looking weird. What the hell? All right, we're starting again, I guess, right? How does it look? It it looks good? Okay, good. Because I'm the the thing that I'm seeing, the, the YouTube feed I'm seeing is a big close-up of my face. So as long as it's working... I'm glad it's not me. It's not a big close-up of me, right? <laughs> it's very bizarre. Everything sucks. Why does everything suck? Yes, this. Well, this is uh, Tara Buster. What do you think, right? We do it anyway. It's really true. You don't wait for the perfect time. I. I. That's been my motto for life. If I waited to do this show for it to be perfect. Um, we wouldn't have a show. That's the bottom line. I guess I could show you actually what I'm seeing. Look, when I do this, can you see? You see my feed here? It's like a big close up of my face. That's what I see. <laughs> don't tell me. It looks like your mic is higher than usual. But don't tell me. But tell me the truth. It's not a big close up. You're seeing the the full thing. Because this looks normal on the recording, but I, I just want to make sure because Tom Hartman, we're going to call Tom Hartman in about 10 minutes and we want to look, you know, look professional. <laughs> look like we know what we're doing in here, right? <laughs> Even though we don't. And we do it anyway. We do it anyway. That's what I always say. You do it anyway. Okay, good. So it's coming. So the feed is feeding normally. All right, guys. Thank you. And I always say it is true. We, <laughs> this is a community show. It is, I may be in the driver's seat, but you guys are really my co-producers. And I really appreciate that too, because that's the way it is. That's how we're going to win. We will win. All right. We know that. We're on the right side of history, the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy, and we will win. And I'm really, I am, I'm, I'm you know, we're going to call Tom Hartman in a minute. And I'm looking forward to our conversation, but I'm also kind of nervous. So, you guys, I don't know, I guess I'll, it's not a big deal. But he wrote a, only because I admire him so much, so I don't want to come off like a loser, or something, I guess. I don't know. Or You know how it is in your own head. Nobody wants to go in their own head by themselves. But Tom 
a good timing to be on the show. Well, he's been doing his book tour for his new book, The Hidden History of American Oligarchy. And I'm not just saying this. I don't know. This is a, a one book in a series, but I highly recommend this. I read the book from from cover to cover. I guess I should wait for Tom to tell him this, but... And it's it's uh, succinct, palatable, and I think really um, everybody should read it because it is the actual history of the United States. We hear all the the stories of uh, the heroes and whatnot, but really, what this country is is a relatively young country, as we know, but. And Tom will talk about it, but this is we've we're living in the third oligarchic takeover of the country, as George. I mean, not George Washington, as Ben Franklin said, a republic if you can keep it. It's that because republics are tenuous and fallible, and throughout history we have numerous examples of republics not lasting, and usually. It's because of the big moneyed interests and uh, a bunch of people, you know, what, how evil triumphs when good men and women do nothing. Well, what do you think is happening in this country? Where are the good men and women on the Republican side? Are there any? Wait, hold on, I have to put this, putting the fan on. Gets hot in here when I start talking. But, are there any good men and women? Now they're suffering from insurrection amnesia. We knew that was coming. It doesn't, it never stops though. An insurrection. <laughs> Is that a word? In, insurrection? Jesus Christ. An insurrection. They want us to forget, but why shouldn't we? Since it's always been conservatism. Um, we've always had to pander to the conservative oligarchy and really, uh, and I should wait for time, like I said, but in the, in the end of the civil war, we forgave them. We were all supposed to forget Lincoln had, um, his vice president, Andrew Johnson, because he wanted to build a coalition between the progressives and the conservatives. Well, how did that work out when Lincoln was assassinated? What the first thing Johnson did was stop Reconstruction. And here we are. We're still paying for the um, for our our ancestors' inability to finish the job of reconstruction and, and because of racism, our original sin. So, all right, let me see. Where are you guys? Where are you? But let's see. Yes, I know. Tom is great. Guys in the chat. Let me see. So Tom wrote an article today and I guess we can discuss it too about oligarchy 
Republican, well, he says Republicans, brutal oligarchy plot is dangerous and must be stopped now. What's more important, democracy or great wealth? I'll just read the beginning. Some years ago, Trump's economic advisor, Stephen Moore, before he was Trump's advisor, was on uh, was a guest on my radio and TV program. I asked him, which is more important, democracy or capitalism? Without hesitation, he answered capitalism. That philosophy of capitalism being more important than we to people, democracy, has held the Republican Party in its thrall for the past 40 years and has brought America to a moment of great crisis and danger. It has transformed America from a democracy to an oligarchy, and the point of no return is now visible. Okay, and we'll wait for Tom when to finish. But, and it reminds me, another thing we're going to talk about, I'm not sure how, I, how long Tom is going to stay. I will have him for as long as he wants to stay, of course. So, but I'm sure he's doing a lot of interviews for his book. But we will, later on in the show, we're going to talk about Bloomberg, who was on, he was on you know, Michael F. and Bloomberg, the Republican mayor of New York City, who ran for the, uh, for the Democratic nomination for president. And... He uh, he was on, I don't understand, uh, he was on MSNBC, you know, the liberal media. Why do we have to check in with Michael Bloomberg? It's this obsession, this veneration of concentrated wealth, of Bloomberg. Let's check in with Bloomberg. What does he think about the pandemic? He literally said that the... T- that the president, Joe Biden, needs to go after the teachers' unions so uh, because they are balking about going back to school because they don't want to die, okay? And they don't want to spread the pandemic. Uh, but Bloomberg's advice to them was, oh, suck it up. There's risk in everything. It's always somebody else's risk, though. There's risk in everything. You're talking about death, there's nothing, uh, there's, there's no second chances when you're dead. Unbelievable. So we, uh, we went from, in the interview, from him saying how uh, faux upset he was because all, all of uh, his, his callousness was supposedly because he cares about the pores, the pores, pores, peoples, who needs school? Poor children need school because the the parents can't take a day off of work. Yeah. Well, is this the problem of the school, or is the school a reflection of the sick ass society? The parents can't take a day off of work. Well, that's a big problem, but not in Bloomberg's eyes. The problem for him is that the parents aren't desperate enough because they're in a union. So. Therefore, the union is the problem. And the union, he, uh, this is his advice to Joe Biden, was to go after the union, the teachers' union. Because the teachers aren't sucking it up enough. Suck it up? These, these, these bastards. 
billionaire. I mean, the guy, who cares what he says? Every corporate media mouthpiece, where, let's check in with Jeff Be- Bezos. Let's check in with Elon Musk. Let's check in with Mike effing Bloomberg. Who cares? These people. It's like, let's get a grip, America. Venerating billionaires, that's not the that's not what America is supposed to, oh, it's America, it's innovation, it's uh, anybody, it's the American dream. No, that is not the American dream. The American dream isn't you too can be a billionaire. The American dream is everybody deserves a decent life. Hard work. If you work a work one job, you should be able to live, not have to have a side gig and a side hustle or a second job. One, uh, this is what the American dream, and this is what we'll talk about. With Tom, I know I keep saying, I guess I'm just whatever. I'm nervous. Nobody cares. I'm nervous. Whatever. I just like Tom a lot, and I I'm really not, you know, how many effing uh, technical problems we have on this show. So, God, I've been practicing. All right, we're gonna call him. It's even though it's a minute early. All right, and thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Thank you, Resin Rebel, for your super chat, and thank you, Errol Thomas, for your super chat. The Republican Party remains as nothing but a circus. Yes. All right, let's do it. Uh-oh. No one's answering. No answer. This is not, isn't this what I thought? Let's try again. Oh, maybe, uh, don't even tell me this is fucked up. I, I'm, oh man, this is the number. All right. Hmm. Let me look. Hold on, guys. I'm looking in my email. Who is it? Everyone knows it's Wendy. Beep up, beep up, Wendy. Mm. And this about where is Tom? Tom is not online. Not online. Who is it down the streets of the city? Everyone knows it's Wendy. Let me see. Why can't I find his number? Mm-mm, mm-mm. And I'm screwed after all of the talking about it. It is not gonna do. This is not gonna do. I just lost half of my listeners. Everyone knows it's me, me, me. Mm, 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 mm. I cannot just fuck shit. 
<laughs> Holy moly. I did. Let me try one more time. Let me see. Son of a bitch. Why is it? This is what happens to me. Me, 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 me. Yes, I got his Skype number. Let's try. That's him, man. That's him. Yeah, he's not answering. What the fuck? Well, that's that's but that's great. Life sucks. Let me see. And I didn't even set up my effing uh, shit. I didn't even set up my... Let me set up the phone line. Now you're getting to see how the... How we make the donuts. Hold on. What? See, this is what happens. And then we'll try to get him to call. We'll just have to cut all this part out of the podcast. Or you can hang out. Just hang out for a minute. Now we have to put the password in. Everything sucks. Why am I singing this song? I don't know why. Everyone knows my show sucks. Because <laughs> this is what happens when you try to do something good. You just get all fucked in the ass. All right. Let's see. Start the show. Start that. Then I gotta do this. It's a big. It's a part process. He's not even gonna be around when I call his cell. Why does my life end up like stupid? What the fuck is happening to me? Well, like I say, you do it anyway. Everyone knows my show sucks. <laughs> my show is just what? Nobody's going to be like, people are going to fucking tune in. They're going to be like, what is this? <laughs> My show is just fucked. All right, here we go. We're going to call the call-in studio. I should have done this, but that's what happened. I didn't hope for the best. Thank you for calling call-in studio host and call screener line. Please enter your show number and press pound. Enter your six-digit PIN number. Welcome, host. 
You are now in the host room and can manage your callers from the call Studio right. web interface. Let me say now. Show recording is on. Dual channel. Now let's try to text. Um. Beep, ba, 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 ba. Let me see. Mm -mm -mm -mm. All right. Oh, oh, Tom. He just followed me on Twitter. Let me see. 503. Oh, I can't say his number. That's a, what am I? A, oh, my God. The hell? <laughs> I almost <laughs> This is how ridiculous I am. Hold on. Oh, okay. He's on Skype. We're doing it. It's happening. Hold on, hold on. What's happening? Happening. Let's see. Hmm. Let me see. Hold on, guys. It's happening. It's happening. It'll happen. Mm -mm -mm. Hold on. Just call the guest line. Wait, 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 wait. Come on, come on, paste. I gave him the number to call the guest line. Everybody still there? How's everybody behaving? Hold on. Hold on. Oh, don't tell me the call-in fucking line dropped. You see this shit, guys? For calling Colin Studios host and call screener line. Please enter your show number and press pound. Oh, fuck. 
I hit the wrong number. Fuck. That's not it. That was an invalid show yeah, number. Yeah, I know, I know. Please re-enter. Enter your six-digit PIN number. Welcome, host. You are now in the host room and can manage your callers from the Colin Studio web interface. Show recording is on. Dual channel. Okay, Tom is on the line. Tom Hartman, is that hey, you? <laughs> oh my God. I'm so, you know what, this happens all the time. I think it's, there's a Buddhist principle that when you're making great, um, when you're making great leaps forward, there you you run into obstacles. So I was really looking forward to talking to you. So that's, um, I don't, you know, I'm not surprised we've had, uh, we have this problem. So thank you for sticking it out and, uh, and calling the guest line. Everybody on the phone right now, we have the, I mean, somebody who, I have to tell you, I'm kind of nervous because you're like, a hero of mine. And I, I don't know if you remember that we actually went out to dinner once. Do you remember that? Years ago? <laughs> yes. We, not just me and you. We went out with my... I, I, I used to field produce for Mike Malloy. And we went out during oh. the Families USA um, radio row. Yeah. And Mike was on your show yeah. that night. And we went out and we, we yeah. went to a lovely vegan Mexican restaurant, I remember. And yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, I mean, right. nice to hear from you again, <laughs> I know, right. It's been a long time. So, <laughs> but I always remember cause you know, we, I don't eat meat either. You didn't eat meat. And so we went to this wonderful restaurant and that's when you lived in Washington. So you're in Portland now, right? Yeah. So, well, yeah, yeah I am. Congratulations. <laughs> I guess you got out in time before the insurrection. So all is well. <laughs> so, Tom, your book, The Hidden History of American Oligarchy, uh, and mm -hmm. I have to tell you, I read it from cover to cover. It's part of your series, and I don't, I really think that this book should be, it really should be required reading for at least high school students to get a true background of what's of the history of the United States because we're in yeah. real jeopardy. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, you know, this is the third time that um, the United States has been uh, almost taken over by by oligarchs, essentially fascist oligarchs. The first time was, uh, you know, when the South consolidated uh, mm -hmm. under the the, the ownership basically of a relatively small number of plantation owners because of the cotton gin, which is a whole other mm, long explanation. Mm -hmm, um, and they challenged, and they and they just didn't want democracy in the North. I mean, it was it was a threat to their way of life, right. and they declared war on us. The second time was in the 1930s, um, when you know a bunch of wealthy businessmen hired, tried to hire Smedley right. Butler. They had already recruited a hundred thousand veterans. Uh, you know, fascist veterans mm -hmm. to march on the White House and kid kidnap or kill Franklin Roosevelt, mm. and and Roosevelt put them back in a bottle. And they stayed there until the 1980s, and then Reagan uh, unleashed the current and the Supreme Court unleashed right. the current crop of oligarchs. And uh, you know, the pinnacle of their efforts was January 6th, but they have by no means gone away. 
and the threat is not even substantially diminished, frankly, right. in my opinion. No, it's not at all. In fact, I think it's probably worse now. They're not conceding. They're not going. They're they're not uh, pouring. You know, they're basically pouring fire on top of the fire. And uh, no, uh, they're yeah. they're playing the both sides game too, which is really concerning. Mm. And it, and it's an old trick. And, it's, and that is an old fascist trick, too. So that's why I'm saying your book is important, because we really need to see what is behind the curtain here, because it, it does come down to money and politics. And one of the things I like about your book is that it has solutions in it as well. So it's not just, you know, you're not just giving us the problem. You're you're telling us. And, and, I, and this is what we talk about on my show as well. How do we take back this country from the oligarchy? Because it really is the big money and interest. From the time human beings crawled out of the primordial ooze, we've been had this tension between the haves, the have it all, and the have, you know, nothing. And they play that divide and conquer game on us all the time while they ride us to the bank. Uh, the fact that the billionaires have increased their wealth. So uh, it's so real. It's vulgar in this pandemic. Over a trillion dollars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's disgusting. And that it's says it all. And I know you, do you, did you yeah. see, um, did you see Morning Joe? I know that I, I listen to your show. Do you do you watch Morning Joe every now and then? <laughs> I know I do. It's like I hate watch we, Morning Joe. Yeah, Louise and I get up early. We we get up around five, and and uh, you know we'll we'll put on MSNBC, and and it typically we'll catch ten or fifteen minutes of the show. I I I, I don't have the time to watch the whole show, but it's kind of a noise in the background. <laughs> right. Why? Because. They had Bloom Michael Bloomberg was on this morning, and it's it, it's just oh, endemic that. of this uh, this subservience to billionaire. Well, let's get this billionaire in here and let him. And he sat there for twenty minutes pontificating on unions that Joe Biden needs to go after unions and. The teachers unions oh need to suck it up. I mean, this is what he was saying. And they're uh, and, and pretending to be um, well, concerned about the poor. That's why he's saying, oh, the teachers union. Oh, it's it's so bad for the poor. And like they give a crap. And so that's part of the reason. Now, your show. And you have the number one talk show, the number one liberal talk show in America. And there is, I believe, and I tell this to the listeners all the time, is there is nothing more important in this country. I mean, of course, getting involved, like you say, become a precinct, uh, a committee precinct uh, person and getting involved is one thing. But there is, we need to own the message, too. So what you're doing. Mm -hmm is we won't we won't win without reclaiming the message and uh, pulling the and covers what you're doing too yeah well thank you thank you and you're but the you have you you know what i want i this is what uh part of i i'm really glad that you that you're on the show and that you know we can plot the revolution now finally oh, it's been so long so it's uh because we really need to 
and this is what I when I I spoke to AOC and she's my she's my representative and I told her you know I mean in our conversation I said we need to reclaim the mantle of patriotism because uh, that's what we're talking about reigning in yeah. the oligarchy is not just a good thing to do it's not just nice it's not just fair it is a patriotic imperative either we have we do that or we don't have a democracy anymore it's over what do you think yeah i completely agree and and uh you know we have been sold a false patriotism mm -hmm. uh, that has been wrapped up in toxic masculinity yep. and uh other countries have been sold that same kind of false patriotism before it happened in in italy in the 20s and mm. germany in the 30s uh, it happened in hungary in the, in the early 2000s um you know it's it's happening all around the world it's happening in the philippines right now it's happening in brazil yep. it's happening in egypt it's happening in turkey um and it's happening here and uh, yep. we we have to recognize it that's not patriotism that's that's uh some kind of phony bs thing that that uh right actually seeks to damage government yes of by and for the people that's right and the the attack on the capitol that was that wasn't just four years in the making. That was the, the seeds were sown for that in the Reagan Revolution. All of this government yep. is the problem. Government, uh, the the nine most dangerous words are "I'm from the government" and "I'm here to help." What do you expect? These people have no respect for government. They have. I mean, the, when I watch them rampaging through the Capitol, I don't know about you but i was i was enraged watching this it, it really felt personal and it was so distressing and disgusting but that's where it comes from i'm from the government and i'm here to help that's they've been sowing that seed and that's the oligarchy yeah no doubt that is the oligarchy taking away they're the, they're the ones mm -hmm. who put reagan in power that's right and but they don't want the the only the only entity government that can stand up to them. They want us hating the government and venerating these billionaires. And to me, like, <laughs> I'm not, uh, like, for example, during the, uh, one of the debates, the Democratic debate, the, um, what's his name? Chuck Todd was like saying to Bernie, Bernie said, oh, oh, no, he said, uh, Bernie, you don't think billionaires should exist. And then he turns to Michael Bloomberg. Mr. Bloomberg, should you exist? Remember that? I mean, what <laughs> kind of shit is this? It's like we have to be, we have to feel bad for the billionaires and the way it's framed. So when you, you know, you talk to um, some big wigs in, in, the, in the government, I, this is one of the things I, I wish and I hope will take root in our, the way that we, um, you know, uh, talk about our, our progressive initiatives, that they are, we're talking about patriotism. We're talking about putting e pluribus unum into action. That's how you unify the country. Not just by putting, you know, a, uh, someone, a, diff, a di diverse cabinet in place universal health care universal higher education 
living wages, all of these money out of politics, we have to push them as patriotic imperatives. Anyway, I'm, I, I know I'm monopolizing this conversation, but this is your book is has gotten me. It's exciting that you're that you're out there talking about this because otherwise we're done. We'll have Michael Bloomberg on MSNBC saying capitalism works. This is what he was saying this morning. Capitalism is work. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times. I think three times he said capitalism works, and he was talking about the healthcare system. And he was like, "Yeah, well, if you're you go to this, go to uh, you you go to the hospital, and if the hospital is good, they they donate to the hospital, and that you know, capitalism works. This is what he was saying. So, anyway." <laughs> <laughs> just what we need more more uh, pontificating billionaires i know but you've done a great job of encapsulating my book Tara. i, I, <laughs> I know i i did read it from cover to cover no it's and what you're i can tell <laughs> it's like you're my professor they well, they call you professor so that's you know and you definitely earned it so but when you i i when i spoke to aoc that's what i was telling her or suggesting because we really need because one time I remember I went to see Jerry Nadler uh, in, in a town hall and because I live I live in New York and he, I asked him because it was we were pushing health care and I was saying we we have to frame it in a way that conservatives will will, will they can't argue with it you can't argue with an American ideal of we don't leave anybody behind. That, that's really what we have to have to uh, propose. Not le we don't leave but they people. They reframe that. As, There's a bunch of people who have <sighs> chosen to be left behind. That's right. That's right. Exactly. It's a choice, don't you know? Right. That's freedom, and they have they've yeah. they have falsely claimed the mantle of patriotism of freedom. Uh, I mean, patriotism, patriots don't leave anybody behind. That's why, I mean, if I hear another Democrat quoting Reagan, I don't know, I'm going to vomit. Uh, it's the Democrats do more to rehab the Republican Party than the, than the Republicans do themselves. And uh, they don't really have an interest. Anyway, I'm sorry. Keep on. <laughs> Keep on talking. I, I'm talk this is Tara Buster. I mean, that's why they call it Tara Buster. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. hey, anyway, you're, you're, you're spot on. I'm, I'm sitting here nodding my head. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally with you, Tara. It's true. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm very, um, I don't know. Uh, one of the things I want to see before I step off this mortal coil is this country joining the rest of the world with universal health care, universal higher education, living wages. And it's kind of uh, heartening when, I don't know if you've been, of course you've been watching Joe Biden, but he's, he's, he's not, um, he's not playing the, uh, the, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be playing the triangulation game. He's sort of like, no, he's not being a sucker. Like, like Bill Clinton was, and, and frankly Barack Obama, right. they they actually believed that they could work with the Republicans, and they took uh, Mitch McConnell. They believed he was telling them the truth, and he was lying through his teeth, right. as were the rest of the Republicans. All they care about is pure power that they can translate into cash. Period. That's Full it. Stop. That's it. 
So, I, and, and this is why what we do, what you do, I mean, you have the uh, most, the largest platform, I, and you get the Republicans to come and talk to you. On, on some level, I think, uh, and when I talk to, I don't really talk to them on this show because I don't have the patience. It's it's sort of like we have to keep evolving <laughs> without them, you know, and they come kicking and screaming along. But, you know, you yeah. you have a, a your I mean, I don't know. You have a lot of patience to talk to them because. Well, it's been a while since I've been able to get Republicans to come on the show. It's been it's been actually. Um, I haven't had a Republican elected official on the program in probably five years. I mean, oh, wow. Since the beginning of the Trump era, they they just have made themselves very, very scarce. And, right. Uh, wow. You know, which is unfortunate because I, I think debate is a good thing. Mm. Um, and even their shills, even even their, you know, their think tank people and stuff uh, are not willing to come on the program anymore. Wow. That's probably because they don't want to they don't want to upset the king and they also don't want to join in with him they what are they going to say besides oh i haven't seen the tweet that's what they would say i haven't seen it i haven't heard yeah. it uh, and they're and even when you have them on tape they they change it like for example when they had the tape though i think it was the washington post had the tape of the republican meeting where they were where they thought they they joked and said oh this stays between us we think that trump is being He's a Russian agent, and they denied it until the Washington Post said that, well, we have it on tape. And then they were like, oh, we're just kidding. You know what I mean? So they, it's there is no yeah. currency in truth anymore, and that's a dangerous step in this, in this whole oligarchy game because that's really what it comes down to. The rich riding us all to the – and they have from – how many times uh, this country is so young and we've had to throw off the oligarchy. Now we're in the third time. And I, it's at least, you know, when you look at the first Republican Great Depression, the working people of the time understood who, who they were up against. It doesn't seem like they understand it now. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. see they are they well, they venerate. You know, you can you thank Rupert Murdoch for a lot of that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's this uh, you know giant machine, this giant propaganda machine. Obviously, not just Murdoch, but he, you know he's probably the most influential. Right. Yeah. And right. he did the same thing to the UK and Australia as well. Kevin Kevin Rudd, the former Prime Minister of Australia, wrote an op-ed in the Sydney Morning Herald uh, two years ago called uh, "Rupert Murdoch is the Cancer on Australian Democracy." Mm, wow. Uh, yeah called him out right and then but then even this is what's so concerning too because it really does go back to the telecommunications act with you know the dlc democrats who deregulating media and creating these silos of information where now people are in an echo chamber and then they can play that both sides game on us which I, uh, my mother used to say it to me, oh, well, then you, you do say one thing and they say another. And people think that there's some kind of middle that th that's the truth, but it's not. We're, I mean, in my, I mean, it's not an opinion. We're, we're fighting for the, we're really fighting to finish 
the uh, American Revolution, in a sense, to make a more perfect union to for for all, really, to have a functioning democracy, not a an aspirational one or one in name only, like in the Roman Republic, where they, if you had, if we could go back in time and interview a, a, an average Roman citizen during the time of Augustus he or she, they would say they were in a republic. And it wasn't until mm -hmm. 200 years later they started to concede, oh, okay, yes, he was the first emperor. So the, I, I find, for like, when you look at history, when Hitler, they sent Hitler to jail, and they came down hard on Hitler, he wasn't allowed to speak, for t I think I'm not sure if it was ten years or something. They had a moratorium. He wasn't allowed to publicly speak, and ten years later he came back and look what he did to Germany. I fear that's what's going to happen to the United States with this con man and his entire party of enablers. It's they're not they're not going against him. They're not. So what do we, I mean, the only thing we do, okay, now reading your book, is the one thing that we really have to do, I mean, we all have to do, get money out of politics and make the government work for the people again, of course, but it doesn't, it, we can't get anywhere without owning the message. And we have to get this message out. That's what I'm trying to say. It has to become in the American consciousness it, it it has to be it just has to be understood as okay you know in america we don't you know for example okay joe biden's when he was running for the nomination and his health care plan was fixing obamacare quote unquote but it still left 10 million people behind so in any other country, would that even be a feasible proposal where we have a plan and it, it le what is it? Why would you leave 10 million people out? That's not e pluribus unum. That's not America. How do, and they would fight. Uh, we would have Democrats coming on saying things like, well, unions negotiated these great plans. And we, we don't want to take those great plans from people. But so because some unions got a good plan, we're going to leave millions out. How is that? And then and then the the uh, we hear both left and right talking about unity. We're, how are we going to unify? We're so divided. Well, they divided us when you when you when you have yours and you're not supposed to care about the millions that have nothing, how are we ever going to be unified under this? And it's the perfect scenario for, for the greedy and the immoral to corrupt, and they've done it. It's really frightening, frankly. I don't know. Sometimes I wish I, didn't, I wasn't paying attention, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it is overwhelming. Yeah. But anyway, it can be. I, 
yeah, I think it can also be energizing. Right. But, um, yeah, I'm 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 totally with you. And Tara, you've you've done a, a great job of of, <laughs> of of articulating those things. And and I can you know I not not a lot I can add to it. And right. And. Uh, and I think that dinner is ready. All right. I got to run here. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your time and everything and for the book and for listening also and and doing the being on the front lines of this fight. Because if anybody, when they write the history of this time, you will be someone, um, I believe, who will be um, incredibly inf influential and remembered for the work that you've done. So thank you for everything, because you've been... Time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, that's true. Depends on who wins, I, I guess. I'm old and persistent. <laughs> Just like Mike Beloy was. Right. Just like you are, Not that you're old. I know, well, I am old, so it's okay. Wise, old and wise. And ornery. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All so right, go. Tom. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tara. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. My Great love to Louise. Bye-bye. I'll pass it along. Bye-bye. All right. That was Tom Hartman. But I feel like, I, you know, I was talking so much. I felt like I, was, I had diarrhea of the mouth, but I couldn't stop. So... I couldn't stop myself. And he wasn't talking a lot, so then I got nervous and I would just jump in again and start talking even more. And then I would think, I'm talking too much. But whatever. <laughs> he, and I, I don't know, I also wanted to get him to, um, I wanted to put these, these ideas in his head. Not that he doesn't have the ideas, but to pet, to push those the those thoughts with the people that he has um, contact with, like the politicians that come on his show. I want him, and that's why every politician that I meet, I say, we need to reframe our uh, initiatives as patriotism. And um, Derry Nadler, when I said that to him, he basically brushed it off. AOC, when I said that to her, she was interested. But it really, that's how it is. It's about framing our arguments as as patriotism, because that's what the, it is. We are the patriots. The patriots. Is that a way? <laughs> I'm still, I'm still not recovered from my horrible interview. You're funny. <laughs> I'm so, I'm such a douchebag. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not an interviewer. I'm just an, I don't know, I'm just me. This is just Tara Buster. So what do I know about fucking interviewing people? I just know how to talk. But it's it is true. I it's probably better to just talk amongst us, where I don't have to feel nervous. I don't know why I was so fucking nervous. But I I did read the book. I'm not kidding. I read it from cover to cover, and it is. Um, now that he's not here, I could feel a little bit more relaxed. But it I'm I do recommend it, not just because he was on the show but because 
it is a succinct and palatable, concise history of of oligarchy in this country. And it also, and you know, it's it's everything we talk about on the show. And it also has the solutions. So I suggest, this is something you could, and it doesn't take long to read. I mean, it's not a long book. So, for example, Breaking Oligarchy. I mean, he has the whole last half of the book is all about restoring this country or 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 reclaiming democracy having a functioning democracy instead of one in name only here look tyrants always corrupt the police tyrants tools obedience notice the symbols here breaking oligarchy let's see let's see if oligarchy is to be broken, the connection between the oligarch's money and the political process must be severed or at least dramatically impaired. The media empire. Hello. Hello. That's what we talk about on the show all the time. That's the problem. Because, oh, let's, you know, speaking of, let me get, let's just groove on, uh, Let's just relax for a minute. Let me relax. I don't do drugs anymore, so I have to just breathe. Hold on. If you want to call in, the show ha the phones are on. You can call. <laughs> just don't just be gentle. Just be nice to me. I know my show sucks. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Let me see. There's Milo a third. The show doesn't suck. Oh, that's the book, The Hidden History of American Oligarchy. See, I even made a fr I made a full screen. Okay, that's Tom. He's not on the phone anymore. So we do that. Where's the damn phone number? Boom, ba da dum, boom. This show does this show suck? Let's see. Is that the phone number? Coleman now. There we go. If you want. I, you don't have to. <sighs> I'm just... I'm just trying to relax. Trying not to overthink my stupid interview that I sucked. And I was, you know what else I did today? I was watching other interviews. <laughs> to like, um, to try to get some pointers, but obviously it didn't work. <laughs> I need to just stick to just fucking talking. Oh my God. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed for myself. There was, you know what I remind. Now I'm, I'm thinking about a time. One time, a friend of mine was, um, she was in a. I don't know why. I guess she wanted to do something besides drugs. This is when I was doing drugs. When I was younger, when doing drugs were was just it was still fun. It wasn't a career yet, and 
So they were, we went to this, um, she was, she joined a dance group and it was a local dance recital. So it was all ages, young and old and well, oh, old, I don't know how old, but older than me, I was young. So it could have been like 30 was old <laughs> or 40 at the time. And, uh, so part of the show had a conga line. I mean, and you know it sucked. Like every show that a conga line. And the, my friend was leading this. It was like the all cast. It was the big finale. And she was leading the conga line. And the conga line was like went on the stage and circled around and down the stairs and up down the center aisle in the theater and as she was leading the conga line and dancing she looked at me our eyes met and she mouthed i'm so embarrassed <laughs> but you know, not realizing i guess in that moment that the whole theater can see you because you have a spotlight on you so they just saw you mouth i'm so embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> which really was the best finale that show could have had anyway because the show did suck i mean it was this a a recital on staten island okay no wonder i was a drug addict i was like get me out of here <laughs> all right but it was was the was the interview that bad it was okay right even though i talked my ass off only because i felt like he wasn't talking and then it was like i was stuck in a it started to cycle out of control like and whenever i shut my mouth i i kept thinking did i say that right or you know what i mean and then he wouldn't he wasn't responding so i felt i had to jump in you know what i mean this is how it goes it's terrible 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 but i hope we accomplished what we set out to accomplish, which was to um, get him to talk, not to talk, to tell these politicians how to, how to frame their arguments. We know we're right. I interviewed myself, I know. Andrea on the chat, oh my God. Well, really, was, he was plugging his book, so I guess it was a good plug for the book. I'm so embarrassed. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. Because I can feel like a knot in my stomach. I have to put the air on. Because I can't even fucking talk. I mean, I, I feel so stupid. Oh my God. What is wrong with me? And I tried. <laughs> Let me see. Who said? Somebody better say something. Wait until you watch the video. Why? Why, Andre? It sucks. I can't watch it then. Is it really bad? It's bad. Are you saying it's bad, Andrea? Are you really? I don't want to hear that. Okay. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any constructive criticism. That's it. I'm taking the phone number down. Fuck it. Wait a minute. 
Andrea. I can't stop laughing. Why? At me? Because I suck? You're la what? You're laughing at me? You you hate me? What are you doing that to me? Why are you saying that? You la you can't stop laughing because I suck? Why are you doing that? Why do I suck? Why are you why are you doing that to me? You're trying to make me not sleep tonight? <laughs> oh god. I'm so embarrassed. Okay, I'm going to have to write him a letter tomorrow and say I'm so fucking embarrassed I had diarrhea of the mouth and I could not stop I'm an asshole I couldn't stop talking because I was so nervous but I hope that we can do it again I was only nervous because I really like him I think I, I, I admire him he's and I appreciate him I appreciate the work he's done He's like, he had fucking like, he's written 20 freaking five f books. How do you do that? God damn it. How do you rate, ri I mean, uh, hello. There are people in this, there, that, that whole riot, that whole capital riot hasn't read 25 books, much less read, I mean, write it. So, how do you write 25 books? Really? How? How? Yes, I've met other well-known people, but, and I did go out to dinner with Tom. Uh, you know what it is, I guess? This is true, but he didn't remember, of course not. He remembered going out to dinner with Mike. I'm sure, I think he remembered after because he was probably like, who's this woman with Mike? He probably thought I was like his uh, side hustle. You know what I mean? And he, he, it was a lovely time. All I can say, we had a good time. We had a lot. I mean, we have a lot in common. <laughs> Could you imagine me? On a date? Oh my God! I'm so, oh, it's horrible. Oh, where's my cats? I need my cats here. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Andrea. Did you let him talk at dinner? <laughs> you son of a bitch. I tried. <laughs> you bastards. You're so mean to me. People are mean. I'm going to tell I'm going to tell him that everybody razzed me in the chat room for not for for not shutting up and letting you talk. Why didn't I do, why didn't I let him talk? What the fuck is wrong with me? Why couldn't I do one thing right? What's wrong with me? Oh, God. All right, I have to shut this Skype down. Could you imagine listening to this show on a podcast? This is like what my shrink goes through, I bet. <laughs> it's true. Could you imagine being my therapist? 
That's got to be a fucking... I got to read those notes, man. My, my shrink, well, I don't see him now. He's on the phone. But he was always writing notes. And I'm, I want to fucking know what he's saying on, on his notes. You know? Uh, oh, my God. Ultra Magnus. Next time, have your questions written out. Ask and then pause. <laughs> yeah, that's the basics, right? <laughs> you son of a bitch. Oh, fuck. And I fucking, like, tried to prepare. You don't even know. Uh, let me see. What do you mean? Ultra, there won't be one. Are you saying a next time? You... Oh, my God. It was that bad? Holy Christ. It was really that bad? Was it really bad? Be honest. Or do an interview with your shrink. No, 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 Greg. And it, what? You're going to have him call and say how fucked up I am? I'm not that fucked up. It used to be worse. God help me. You have too many ideas. It happens to good people. What the fuck? So everybody... So it did suck. Because everybody is... Trying to be supportive. <sighs> now I'm going to be depressed. God! Why? Why do I suck? All right, let's get to work here. All right, I have to shake it off. Shake it off. I'm going to, I really am going to text him and call him and say, well, I won't call him. <laughs> I say, I'm so sorry. I'm a fucking asshole. The hidden history of Tara Devlin, Greg says. Well, that is, that's something. Okay, Paradu, that's nice of you. No, it did not suck. It didn't suck. It could have been better, but it wasn't a complete hot mess. Okay, thank you, Resin Rebel. You were just excited. Don't sweat it. I was. Tom Hartman, the number one liberal talk show host in the country on this fucking show? On my show? That means something. And you know what else, guys? They contacted me. Okay? They came to me. So that meant, that really made me think, wow, that's great. Maybe the show is getting somewhere. All right, well, let's talk about what I was talking about. I wanted to talk to Tom about, wait, something in my mouth. And and it is, and the thing that pissed me off, and this is why I, I want to, I will reiterate with Tom that what he's doing and what we're doing here, this is, I'm not kidding. I don't just say that to get patrons, all right? 
or to con- to guilt you into becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. <laughs> I do it because it's the truth. Every authoritarian has... The, what do they do? They take over the media. We need... This is why we need the liberal media. This is why they're dumb. Because they have been systematically dumbed. Imagine all those dumb people who think that, um, I don't know, Anderson Cooper eats babies. Imagine those dumb people, instead of being exposed to QAnon, they were exposed to the e pluribus unum as an action plan, progressive policies slash patriotic initiatives that will rebuild the middle class. Let's imagine these people, they're, they're not smart. They want, uh, they want to, I don't know, be a part of something. I don't, I don't know. But the fact is that they've, if they encounter the message, the patriotic progressive message that is unapologetic too, because we are on the right side of history and the right side, we are. The United States is a patriotic imperative or initiative is a better word, I guess. There's nothing more progressive than overthrowing a king and an aristocracy. And there is nothing less patriotic than reestablishing that aristocracy. So that's why what we do is so important because those people are out there and they're starving for information, clearly. They must be looking for something. I mean, maybe some of them get turned on to the shit, the bullshit by their friends or whatever. They're stupid friends. But when they, but that's, you know, when the conservatives, the the fascists, they understand, and I talk about this all the time because it's the truth. The billionaires fund the the right-wing media. They do. They do it on purpose because they understand when that idiot, that QAnon victim goes online, when he's, you know, looking for something to masturbate to and he goes online and he encounters the me- whatever message they want the message to be to be their message their bullshit oligarch kick kiss up kick down i got mine sucks to be you uh welfare queens and caravan bullshit divide and conquer message Ugh. Oh, you're nice, Stephen Davis. I'm reading that. I've been looking forward to hearing Tom Hartman talk about his latest book. Tara, you, Tom, and Stephanie Miller are on the top of my list. Keep up the fight. Thank you, Stephen. Why don't you do me a favor, guys? (laughs) If you can. Tell Tom Hartman on Twitter or wherever, that you bought his book 
after hearing on Tarabuster. I don't, I don't get a kickback or anything. Or just tweet, tweet them. Say, I heard you on Tarabuster. I love you, Tarabuster. You great interview. <laughs> don't, you know, lie. Lie. Say it was a great interview. Like Twitler. Like if Twitler did the, an interview like that, he would just go on and say it was the greatest interview like nobody's ever seen. Like nobody's ever seen, like nobody's ever seen. So, tell him it was the best, the biggest, the best, the most, the bestest, the bestest, the mostest, best interview of all the interviews you've seen. This one was the best. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Ultra Magnus says, Tara, you have a great show and you're funny AF as fuck. Sometimes you can be all over the place. Yes, you just need a little more structure on the show. It is true. I don't, um, I mean, guilty as charged. It's true. It's tough because it's just me. I don't have a producer. That's why I say become a patron at patreon.com and then maybe we could get some more structure because I, I just do the show. Of course, I, I, don't, I don't plan it out. You know that, did you know that back in the Air America days, Rachel Maddow used to write out her entire script for, the, for her radio show? She used to write it out. Isn't that crazy? Hours and hours of typing. I don't, I can't do that. But let's see. Anyway, yes, no, I need, I am all over the place. But I do, when I do a show, I'll tell you my process, if it matters. I, I see what the fuck is going on. Okay, I write shit down. I do. I take some articles. I try to, I, you don't even know. Sometimes I have like 50 fucking articles, of course. That's why, yes, it needs to be, this is now, now we're going to talk about this. Now we're going to talk about that now. But it's true. I am all over the place because, you know why? Because when you say that, I'm thinking, because everything is connected. I don't know if you know. In my mind, well, how could you know? It's so, it's all connected. All right. Interviews, maybe. Yeah, I like to do interviews. Paradu says, no structure, please. Interviews, maybe. Yes, yeah, structure. I don't know. What's structure? What is, what is structure? Truth. What is truth? What is structure? Um... So everybody who's listening right now should go to Tom Hartman's Twitter. I know that he, re that he reads his Twitter. And tell them that you loved the interview, okay? Tell them. Just lie. Don't... It doesn't have to be true. I, and plus, I have... You don't even know, like right now in my mind, I'm thinking of all the things I didn't say uh, that I wanted to say. 
You know what I mean? It's like meeting somebody and saying like, I've been waiting for you. And I wanted to, because I've been wanting to tell him and anybody who will listen to please, please push this, push. I know, I know I'm right. Don't you, you understand. You get it. It, 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 it is the truth. Where we, we have to take patriotism back. We have to frame our, in our policies in a way unapologetically that is, that will, that is palatable for the right and the, and the left. That's how you got to frame it. In fact, they've done studies uh, on, um, on climate change. They did marketing studies. How do you market to different uh, political persuasions, left and right? So they found when they were marketing the um, renewable energy or something, anything to do with climate change, and they marketed it to right-wingers who are been listening to bullshit about climate change. And they, if they framed the argument or whatever they were pushing in patriotic, in a patriotic frame, saying, for example, we want to, we we suggest you do do this, uh, buy this car with renewable energy because it will preserve the country or preserve earth for your for your um for future generations and that's that is a message that resonated with them if they if you framed it in a way that was um that was patriotic it was about keep like like i say about these right right wingers they hate america because how do you love america and you use america like a streetwalker you yeah. blowing holes in uh, the purple mountain majesty blowing the tops off of the mountains fracking the fruited plains uh, yeah you don't love america you're like a pimp saying get out there bitch bring me back that money you don't care what you're doing to her. And no offense to street, I don't know, street walkers, whatever, what do I know? And if, so that's, that's that. And I'm trying to remember what, what it was with the progressives, how the same, the same thing that they um, were trying to sell. I think it was sort of like, it was, of course, it was a message that was, it was good for everybody or whatever because we're we're more normal we're more human humane all right let's play i want to all right relax everybody <sighs> breathe i almost stopped breathing too during the interview and i had to remind myself to breathe <laughs> now I'm joking. And when I was, the first time I was in, um, in Washington, D.C. with Mike Malloy, and I would, I feel produced his show when he was on the road. And <clears throat> he asked me to come on the show to talk about, because 
I went out during breaks and whatnot and in between shit. Oh, hi, Tara Jr. Jr. Come on. Come on, honey. I need you. Come on. Good boy. Tara Jr. Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, Tara Jr. Jr. Oh, that's loud. Relax, relax. Look at him. Look at him. Look at the baby. Look at the camera. Come on, look, honey. <laughs> Isn't it true? So anyway, Mike Malloy said, so I was out there interviewing these freaks and geeks, all these teabagger morons, the ones with the signs. That lady whose picture became famous, she was all over the place with the big hand. She had a big Mickey Mouse hand, and it said, Keep your government hands off my Medicare. I interviewed that lady. I spoke to her. And she, anyway, so she was, she was nice. That's the thing. But they're so dumb. I had to talk to her like I didn't think she was dumb. I was just asking her what her problem was in a nice way. Why? Why? And she was saying, None of us think that people shouldn't get health care. That was, I, re, I remember her. If you need health care, of course you should get it. But we just think. Think what? You just think nothing. You think go, you're Goldilocks. Government is just right only in the ways that it serves you. Or you think it serves you because it, it serves. Think. They don't fucking know. I mean, they're just racist. That's what it comes down to. This country would already have universal health care if it wasn't for racism. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So then when Mike Malloy, when I came back into the Radio Row area where the show was, he was doing the show. He said, sit down, Taryn. I want to interview you about what's going on outside. And I remember going, and I sat down. Even though I'm a comedian, do you realize that? I've done that. I've, I don't know how. Sometimes, I mean, I would get nervous being on stage. I, you know the part I love about comedy? Well, first of all, I love when everything's going well, Right. And you're on stage and it's, you're having a good set. But I really like after getting off stage, everything's done. You can just relax. So, but when I, when Mike asked me to sit down and talk about what was going on outside, I, I was sitting there and I remember all of a sudden I started to think to myself, Oh my God, there's like, how many people are listening to my voice right now? And, and I started to overthink it and I forgot to breathe. And I was like, <sighs> and then I said, I'm so nervous. And then he said, oh, please. And this was all on the air. And then I, I relaxed. All right. Let's play the thing that wanted I wanted to scream about today. And that's why I wanted, I, when I brought it up with Tom, I know 
that he watches Morning Joe because sometimes he he talks about it. And I also talk about it because this, it, it, when you watch Morning Joe, I want to I want to scream, of course, half the time. This is the corporate media message you're watching. You're watching the billionaire-funded millionaires telling everybody else what what's good, what's bad, what what's America. It's bullshit. So. And this is why, you know what I'm noticing, too, is why, um, well, you're noticing it as well, I'm sure. They're, they're playing the both sides game with Marjorie Taylor Greene and AOC. And on the last show, we talked about how they did that on, on The View. But they're doing it all over. They're doing it on Morning Joe as if AOC is so out of whack. She's all... What is so wacky about AOC? She's not a whack job. She doesn't think Jewish lasers from space are making a, a, a way for high-speed rail. She doesn't think that school shootings are a hoax. She doesn't think that, a, that Joe Biden didn't legally win the election. She doesn't think... That a con man, a serial bankrupt, tax-cheating, draft-dodging, dictator-envying con man with a fake university is great because he played a successful businessman on reality TV. What, what's so loony? You know what's loony? It's, there's nothing loony. They need you to think it is, though. They want you to think it's loony. So you... Whatever she says, you tune it out. Because what she's saying is the progressive prescription that this country needs. There's nothing loony about it. In fact, she's not saying, proposing anything that we already haven't done. High marginal tax rates. Right? Money out of politics. Everybody in, nobody out. All of these policies especially the high marginal tax rates, when she was interviewed on wherever, who was she interviewed by? Was it Chuck Todd? Oh, my God, yes. And they were, he was saying um, about, she was saying not everybody doesn't pay the high marginal tax rate. It's, it kicks in when you reach a certain level. And she, uh, Chuck, Chuck Todd acted as if this is such an out of the ordinary thing to say. How do you say that? What? Like, as if he's never heard it before. And maybe he hasn't heard it before because he's too busy in the cocktail parties with uh, the big money benefactors who pay his pay for his mediocrity because that's what he is he's the mouthpiece for mediocrity and he's the mouthpiece for corporate whatever all of them boring basic milk toast nothing they bring nothing they say nothing they don't educate they they they, that's not the point. They're not trying to educate. They are trying to influence. Period. That's all it is. Influence. 
Yes, Stephanie on the chat. Ilan Omar was calling out the both sides BS on Chris Hayes' show tonight. Good, I didn't see that. But that's what they're doing, Republicans. They're going after Ilan Omar. Oh, if you're going to... You're going to take Marjorie Taylor Greene off her committee assignments? We're going to go after Ilan Omar. So, well, she's got a funny name, right? She's not... She's... Go back to your country, remember? Trump, you fuckers. Not you fuckers. I'm talking about the fuckers who say that shit. Ilan Omar... Both sides my ass. Both sides... Kiss my both sides of my ass. These right-wingers. F you. Both sides. That, and that's how you know that these right-wingers, they're not to be... There has to be justice. There can be no forgiveness. There's, there's no amnesia. They want insurrection amnesia. They're... Could you imagine... If that was Black Lives Matter that did that, you know what would happen? There would be executions. There would have been mass executions on the Capitol steps. Absolutely. They would have brought out the drone. There would be thousands in jail right now, and they would never get the. They would never get out. Absolutely. Tara Junior Junior. You got to sit over here, honey. Come here, honey. Come here. Look at him, though. Look. Look at this baby. I'm sorry. Why are you so cranky? Ow. Look how bad he is to me. He's so mean. You know, he's getting crabby in his old age. Watch. Watch. See that? He ra- he, he just grabs my hand. As if my hand is just meant to pet him. That's it. Look, watch, watch. I'll take it away. No, give me that hand back. Watch. (laughs) And he's so mean about it, too. He's like, get that hand back. Watch, watch. Oh, well, he let me go. Okay. Watch. Oh, okay. He let me go. Good. Usually he just grabs it and it's like, get back here and pet my head. All right. I'm so embarrassed. Why? Why does my life suck? Why can't something be right? Why can't I go through it? Why can't I have a nice interview? Fuck. Why do I have to be like this all right now you're back why can't it just be a good interview fuck fuck i want everybody if you can everybody who's watching listening tweet at tom hartman that you heard him on tara buster and it was the best interview ever And you're buying his book. And you're reading it. Only because of me. How can I ever show my face again? Sit down, Tara Jr. Shit. 
Hello, baby. He's such a bastard, too. Not Tom, Tara Jr. Jr. Okay. If you're listening on the podcast, you're probably like, what the hell? But I don't know. That's Tara Buster for you. It really is. Oh, and thank you, JD, for your super chat. Very appreciated. And yeah, that's how we're going to keep going. Who? Who had Josh Bernstein arrested? What's going on here? All right, listen, listen, listen. Oh, shit. Tara, go lay down. I'm talking to the cat. I'm trying to find this video. With, it's going to make you want to puke. Hold on. And the reason we bring it up is we have to dissect these things. We, you know what's interesting, actually? I was listening to Tom Hartman's show, and um, he was mentioning, which I didn't know this, in Norway, Norway, let me say, they have, stu- the young people of Norway, they teach them uh, media literacy from a young age. Hold on, guys. All my computer, everything just disappeared. Media literacy in school. That's why they have, and they are, as according to the uh, different, what are you, the freedom of the press surveys or whatever. They're number one. Freedom of the press. Because it, you cultivate that from a youth. All right. Where's everybody? Where's my friends? You're not down with the stand-up desk? Yeah, he doesn't like it. I like it, though. All right. Let's play this video. Of Bloomyberg. Can you believe it? Why? When do they ever give anybody 20 minutes to to spew anything? Here. Over the course of the last year, Johns Hopkins, Bloomberg School of Public Health, in some ways, in terms of data collection and, and tracking, you've almost taken the place of the CDC. Did you predict it? Look at him. Is this the set of billions or something? What the hell? And not a good look. Is he he looks like a Lilliputian on that chair. And the other he's also I know he's very short, but that's whatever. It doesn't matter. But he's there was a one of the shots in here and he's swinging his legs. And it doesn't look good for a grown man to swing his legs like that. You're a ch- are you a child? But anyway, that's beside the point. Well, I don't know that we're, uh, number one, nobody knew. Um, it always had the potential. And unfortunately, we did not respond the way we should have. People should have all put on masks. Most people did not. Shut up. And that's the first that's thing. That's true, but who cares? Why are we listening to you? 
Oh, you're a billionaire. Mr. Bloomberg, should you exist? No. You shouldn't. And nobody should give a shit. Okay? Nobody should care. It's like, who cares what he thinks? Let's go get a whole camera crew. We're going down to Bloomberg's. We're going to have an exclusive with him. Oh, my God. How did he ever get to be mayor of New York? You know how? And he was the Republican mayor of New York, which the DNC conveniently forgot. Which just, it drove me insane. Why wouldn't they say? Former mayor of New York, Republican mayor of New York. But he's a true Republican. He is. But why should we care? But here's how. My father, I remember, during elections or whatever, my father, who was a Republican, I told you guys, a Reagan Democrat, so so called, and he said, I asked him, I don't know, we were talking, I don't know how it came up, and then he said, I'm voting for Bloomberg. And I was like, Why? And he said, because he can't be bought. That's what he said. And I said, he's already bought. What are you talking about? He can't be bought. So that's what he thinks. Or that's what people think. That, oh, he's a billionaire. He's, a, he's fine. Like Trump. I'm financing my own campaign. No, he didn't. He's a liar. He was lying. Of course he was a liar. But Bloomberg, the other... He did finance his own campaign, as far as I know. And then he also, with um, when he was the mayor of New York, he bribed of the other Democratic councils to change the law to enable him to run for a third term. And then he bribed these Democratic councils well, democratically controlled, to uh, to change it back after he left. Can you fucking believe it? So he could be the mayor. He could, That was what he wanted. It was a hobby for the billionaire. Oh, I, I like being the mayor. Who cares? What's, he's a billionaire. He can't be bought. Any working person, that's what used to drive me insane about my father. If you're a person that trades your labor for a paycheck, you think these billionaires give a shit about you? You have to be, you gotta be, you gotta be racist. You really are. Because that's the only thing you're getting from them. They're not, he's, uh, he can't help. Bloomberg, could you imagine if he was the Democratic nominee? And we know there were Democrats that wanted to vote for him. They're like, oh, I don't know. I like Bloomberg. You like Bloomberg? He's the Republican mayor of New York. What are you talking about? You like Bloomberg. He's anti-union. What, what do you like about Bloomy? It really drove me insane how him being the Republican mayor of New York never came up. 
in any of the Democratic debates. Why? All right, let's continue. Because you could argue more important than a vaccine. The mask. Shut up. Who cares? So a lot of people got sick. Why are we listening to him? My barber gave me a haircut. Three days later, into the hospital, came out in a box. So what? I I mean, not for the guy, but who fucking cares what he, his experience? Yeah, it's for real. Oh, we should wear a mask. It's more important than even a vaccine. At the, and like, this is for real. My barber gave me a haircut. Three days later, he came out in a box. Whoopie doo. Bloomy. Whoopie oof and doofy. Oh, he's a billionaire. He created some uh, stock thing. Now we all have to genuflect. At his feet. Oh, I hit the wrong button. Three days later, he came out in a box. This is real. I'm sitting on this bench. I'm swinging my legs like a 12-year-old. Telling you all, all you peons, what to do. Wear a mask. It's very important. And fuck the unions. Wait, wait, uh, wait. Oh, it, it gets better. And to us, we're not going to send them to you. Wait, wait, let's go. Let's go back a little. The mayors didn't do what they should have done in many cases. Shut the hospitals the fuck could up. have done things differently. I think you have to understand when everybody is yelling and screaming and petrified and panicking, there's no right answer. Shut and your so mouth. And so it's easy to go and criticize World Health Organization. Who is That's this fucking old man? It's easy to say, well, we shouldn't send vaccine overseas. <laughs> yeah, wait until some vaccines Who are cares? Only made Let's pretend we're at we the bar. There's some old crank. And they say, well, you didn't send them to us. We're not going to send them to you. Why are we in this together. breaking in? The whole world is in this together. People look, travel. So look at the lower third. Bloomberg, our governors and mayors could have done things differently. Wow. What a scintillating commentary. Our governor's and mayor. It's like some old crank sitting at the bar. Let's get the whole camera crew down there in the snowstorm. Because it's that important f- to spend these 20 minutes giving this, this billionaire a platform. So we can all go, oh, what does Bloomberg think? Bloomberg, he's very rich and therefore... He's better than us. Mr. Bloomberg, should you exist? You know what drove me insane during the campaign? And Bloomberg was saying, I'll spend a lot of money or whatever. I'm millions to um, get uh, Donald Trump out of office. And people on Twitter would beg Bloomberg. Bloomberg hasn't spent any money. Mr. Bloomberg, help help us in Georgia. R- run some... Mr. Bloomberg... Like, they beg this billionaire. That's not the way it's supposed to run. What you should be doing... What we should be doing is saying, this is a, this is a symptom of the sick-ass symptom. I mean, of the sick-ass system. The symptom of the symptom. Tom's book. Hold on. It's a symptom. He is a symptom of the sickness. 
Jesus Christ. It gets worse. Well, if vaccines are the answer, uh, Dr. Tedros, and I know WHO doesn't... Inno- so it's Bloomberg and the head of the WHO and Stephanie Rule sitting around chewing the fat. But there's nothing else you could p- play in this 20-minute interview, right? Like, you can't educate the American people in any way, right? There's nothing going on in the world that maybe they want to know about. Maybe you can make this country the... That is, this country is the second least informed country on Earth. Well, in the... Not on Earth, I should say. I guess when they did the survey, it was probably in the Western democracies. The second... I mean, we should be proud. Only the second. We usually are the first. You know, we're number one. Number one in income disparity. Number one in upward immobility. We're number two in least informed. Number one is Italy. Because they have a shitty corporate media like we do. Enormous amount of work on vaccine equity, meaning how do we get vaccines to the poorest countries in the world? How do people here get convinced that that's a good idea, especially in the United States where we can't get enough vaccines for ourselves? Wow, how do you convince them? How about you, instead of, I don't know, how, how, why, somebody help me. How? You, how about you t- use the time? I mean, oh my God. Have you ever seen the BBC? When you watch people, you want to cry. I watch the BBC. I use my VPN. Then you could watch TV and all over the, all different countries. And... It makes you want to cry. And you really see the difference between what other countries that aren't the second least informed, other countries are getting as far as news. What is this shit? You hear me? This is news. It's a bloomer. Who cares? I, I don't know. Somebody, ha- I, I, I gotta, I'm just, it's just unbelievable to me how this is going on. They pay her, I'm sure, millions of dollars to, to do what? What are you bringing to the table? I mean, where's Amy Goodman, right? There's somebody who has who actually contributes, who is somebody who informs. You watch Democracy Now! and give that show your... I watch pretty much, well, not all the time, but every for most days I'll watch it. And you get a good perspective on what's happening and you come out knowing a little bit more than you do going in. What do you know here? That a billionaire is cranky and short and doesn't fit on that chair is an unfortunate choice of chairs. 
And we should wear masks. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ. Wow. It's unreal. It really is unreal. How embarrassing it is. It's as if we, it's dumbed down, amusing ourselves to death. That's a book I read when I was in communication school. I wish I had taken the interview class, but you know. How do you start to convince people that we need to be supplying them to other countries? It will have economic problem because the economic recovery will not be faster if we vaccinate some parts of the world but not the rest because in a globalized economy, we will not have global recovery. Okay, whatever. So the livelihoods, even in the rich countries, will not return to normalcy. And we will not be able to stop the pandemic. So, look at him. Look, wait, wait, wait. Let's just rewind for a second. Look at him. <laughs> look at Bloomberg. Yeah. You comfy? Comfy, Bloomy? Here we go. Wait. How do we convince the rest of the world that we should vaccinate other countries? Well, if you don't vaccinate other countries, if everybody doesn't get a vaccination, because if they, we don't vaccinate the poors, the pandemic comes back, right? We're all connected. Well, maybe you could take five minutes, Stephanie, and explain that. Not ask Bloomby. Who cares what Bloomby says? Oh, my God, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm reading the chat. Eve, tell me about your book would have worked, you son of a... <laughs> Are you talking to me, Eve? Are you making fun of me? But Tom agreed with you, so victory can be said. Tell me about your book. Yeah, that would have worked. What... Okay, I'm already not going to sleep tonight, kicking myself in the ass. Mm. <laughs> Was it that bad, Eve? Was it? I can't even, I can't even look at it. I will not be able to look at it. Because I will want to vomit. All right, whatever. Vaccines. It's not the supply side because it's coming on. The machines are getting faster and they're delivering them and that sort of thing. Not quick enough, but it's coming. You will have plenty of vaccine. Our problem is the demand side. Shut there are up. A lot of people who don't want to take the vaccine. The anti-vaxxers, people who have other health conditions. And if everybody doesn't get it, then there's people out there that can that can infect others. And so it may not be a supply problem as much as a demand problem. Now, you go to the less developed world, and then it's certainly going to be a supply problem because the... No 
Oh, wait, wait, I hit the wrong button. Numbers are so big and it's going to take a while to get there. Shut your mouth. I don't know, Mike. We're here in New York City. There's an awful lot of people who would love to get a vaccine and we don't have access to it yet. You were once mayor of this city. When you look at the way our cities and states are actually getting them in people's arms, you think we're doing it right? Well, I'm not in office anymore. Okay? Oh, um, I'm not. I what is this, the federal government. What is this accent he has? Anyway, it's particularly annoying. I've criticized the state governments, and I've criticized... When he over-enunciates certain words, he's got this heavy, I guess, New York accent. I don't know. Doesn't sound like any New York I've ever been in. And then he over-enunciates certain words to be particularly annoying. Look at the way our cities and states are actually getting them in people's arms. You think we're doing it right? Well, I'm not in office anymore. Office, okay? office. Um, I have criticized the federal government. I've criticized the state government. Shut governments, up. And I've criticized the city governments. Uh, what I would have done day one is turn it over to the professionals. Who are the professionals? That oh, yeah. Well, we had a con man in the White House, so turn it over to the profession. Oh, good idea. Let's listen more. This brilliant billionaire, he's got so much to say about everything. Help us, billionaires. You're our only hope. Know how to distribute mm. drugs and vaccines and that sort of thing. They're the big pharmacy companies. He's not from New York. Where is he from, Andrea? Let's see. I'll look it up. Bloomby. Bloomberg. Let's see. Michael Bloomberg is an American businessman, politician, philanthropist, and author. Yeah, right. He's the majority owner and co-founder of Bloomberg LP. He was the mayor of New York City from 2002 to 2013 and was the can and a candidate for the 2020 Democratic nomination for the president. Bloomberg grew up in Medford, Massachusetts. Well, there you go. That's his accent. And... Graduated from Johns Hopkins, went to Harvard Business School. He began his career at securities brokerage Solomon Brothers. Who cares? He's annoying. Oh, and I have a I have a pang of and oh, my stomach from that interview. All right, thank you, JD, for your super chat. Thank you, Traverse J, for your super chat. And thank you, Shadow and Ice, for your super chat. Can everybody, how, everybody should uh, vote in the chat what they think about the interview with Tom Hartman. <laughs> All right, ready, set, go. Okay. <clears throat> And you just hire them. Now, we've done some of that already, but it's been grudging to turn it over. Every governor wants to be able to stand up there and say, I'm making a decision what? in terms of 
whether you can open your restaurant, Shut how up. many people you can put in your restaurant. That should not be left up to the governors. That's where you have health experts. And we're not well, turning to the health the, experts. What are you talking about? Of course they're turning to the health experts. That's why they're making the decisions. They're not just saying, eh, eh, let's close them. Fuck it. They're making the decisions by talking to the health experts. He's not bringing anything to the table. Experts or the oh, WHO? Wait, 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 wait. On a scale of one to ten, the the interview. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Why not? Scale of one, one being not good. CDC, um, the the big pharmacy companies, uh, the big drugstore companies. Um, you know, we know what to do. We just are unwilling to turn it over and let the delivery of the vaccine. Who the hell said this? In the hands of the professionals. Exactly. But oftentimes people would say that. On the chat, Shadow and Ice, why do we care about what he says? I don't understand. It's fascinating. Well, this is because, this is why this country is, I don't know, I'm putting this over here in the hopes that I don't get dinged for copyright. The machine doesn't ding it. But the the pharmacy companies, for example, those are businesses. Do you put that in the hands of businesses? Do you think that the what governors do don't want what, what, what's what, best for their Stephanie, states? Stephanie, you of everybody, anybody should understand capitalism really does work. Shut up. I'm so sick of these billionaires. Stephanie. She's getting agitated. You got to understand, capitalism really does work. It does? Um, have you seen those bread lines? Well, that's capitalism. And yeah, it does work. That's what he thinks works. You need people on the bread lines because you need them nice and desperate. Then they don't they don't stand up to their betters and say, hey, we want a living way. We demand a country that works for more than just you, Bloomby. Capitalism really does work. It really doesn't. I'm so tired of having to fillet capitalism constantly. Salve it and pet it and encourage it and propagate it. Oh, pass it on. Capitalism works. Really? Capitalism sucks. Capitalism will eat you alive. Capitalism will turn you, your mama, your dog, your your goldfish, your daddy, your ancestors. They'll dig up your daddy's bones and they'll turn it into a commodity. That's it. That's capitalism. When I think of capitalism, you know what I think of? The middle passage. That's capitalism. Oh, yeah. You're not profitable. You're not going to be profitable. You're too sickly. You're too old. Bye. Over you go. That's capitalism. Capitalism. 
screaming mamas and babies being ripped from each other's arms on the auction block. That's capitalism. Yeah, capitalism's... I'm so tired of the bullshit in this country. That's why part of the show... Yeah, doing the show. That's Tom Hartman's show, the real liberal media. We have to get this out there. Capitalism without regulation is a monstrosity. No, capitalism doesn't work. It's like they think it's so... uh, It's this infallible, perfect... uh, perpetual motion machine capital you don't understand yeah it works for you bloomby don't it because you don't have to you're not on a bread line you don't have to not you uh you don't have to worry if you get sick you can go to any hospital you're you're not one of the people who needlessly die without health care in this country, capitalism works when 35,000 Americans die every year. Needlessly, that's the term. Needlessly, think about that. Needlessly die. And we're supposed to be like, that's great. Because, you know, patriotism. That's patriotism? That's, no, that's freedom. Oh, you're free to die. Well, that's not what the founders fought a revolution. They would, they, so you can uh, e pluribus unum, uh, go F yourself? I got mine, sucks to be you? I mean, if you give people an incentive to do something, here, they're going here we, to do it. Yeah, this, this is his explanation of the healthcare system. How, Stephanie... Capitalism works. It really, really does. And now he's going to give us a backgrounder on American health care. That sucks. Professionals. But oftentimes people would say Here that the, the pharmacy companies, for example, those are businesses. Do you put that in the hands of businesses? Do you think that the what governors do do? don't want what, what, what's what, best for their Stephanie, states? Stephanie, you of everybody, anybody should understand capitalism really does work. I mean, if you give people an incentive to do something, oh, they're going that's to it. do it. Our hospital system is based on capitalism. We charge, and better hospitals get, get donations, and they improve their health care. What's wrong with having experts who know how to distribute stuff? If you're afraid to go to your drugstore and buy uh, uh, cosmetics or drugs or whatever tr- things they sell, I guess you can, but I don't think you really want to do that. These are the professionals. Well, the reason. Holy shit. And our system, our health system is based on capitalism. You go and you charge, and then the good ones get... What? What was he saying? She, he's, he's explaining it to her like she's a two-year-old. Yeah, It's based on cap. You know how great that is? It's based on capitalism. That's why millions have nothing. And others needlessly die. And then others go on GoFundMe. The number one campaign, type of campaign on GoFundMe is for healthcare. That's disgusting. Anybody with a a conscience 
knows that that is that's disgusting. Good. Our health and hospital system is based on capitalism. We charge and better hospitals get, get done. Oh, that's it. We charge and, you know, you got a tumor and they're like, eh, how much you got? Huh? Your money or your life? You better charge. Oh, well, then you got to go. You don't have any money. It's the it's capitalism. It really works. And you charge and you better health places, you get donations. Really? That's that is f- some fucking system you got there. Um if it's so great, go, you know why uh the precious is so great, why don't Anybody else, any other country, say, gee, they got something really good over there. Let's do it. No, you know why? Any other country that said, we're going to adopt the American model of healthcare, will that country would be burned to the ground. You talk, you want to see the Capitol riot in every country? The whole country will be in the streets. That's for sure. Could you imagine they tried to do that in France or uh, especially France or in uh, England? Forget about it. Nobody would stand for it. They say, what are you nuts? What are you effing nuts? How dare you? The American healthcare system or in Canada and uh, even with the Canadians, the polite Canadians. The American healthcare system is a joke. It's an ab- it's an abomination. Jesus. You charge? This is so sick. His ex- explanation of the American healthcare system. It is so vile. You know, Stephanie, our healthcare system is like that. You charge? You charge for what? How much is a tumor? How much is a uh, a broken leg? Oh, uh, can I get you? Uh, what about a kidney transplant? Uh, I'll see your kidney transplant. I'll raise you a spinal injury. <laughs> you charge tumors. You know are very profitable. Tumors and all kinds of you know uh, human suffering. There's a charge. Because that's all that matters. And then, especially me sitting here on my stool, swinging my feet. And Stephanie, I figure I'll run as the Democratic presidential candidate, hopeful. Because I don't want to see any socialism. You know, you charge... Like when you're old and this Medicaid, I mean, forget these fuckers. Medicaid and socialist security. Oh, don't worry. We'll take care of them. Because it's incentive. You got to have an incentive. You got to have skin in the game as if 
as if we don't have skin in the game. Oh, wait, it gets better. It gets better. And let the delivery of the vaccine be in the hands of the professionals. But oftentimes people would say that the the pharmacy companies, for example, those are businesses. Do you put that in the hands of businesses? Shut Do you think that the governors minute. don't want what, what, what's best for their Stephanie, states? Stephanie, you of everybody, anybody should understand capitalism really does work. I mean, if you give people an incentive to do something, they're going to do it. Our health and hospital system is based is on Is that capitalism. it? That's the only reason you do it? What's your incentive? You selfish prick. That, is that it? My incentive to do something. How about to be a decent human being who doesn't suck? How about to be, how about not even, how about just a human being? My incentive? What, to pay your taxes and to demand a fair share of the society that your taxes make possible? And say, hey, you know what? We're tired of being ridden to the bank by the ghouls. Let's do what the rest of the world does and have health care as a right. Because as, if anything, uh, we, if we learned anything from the pandemic, it's that the, these freaking, uh, our for-profit health care system is a joke. And it doesn't work. It makes things worse. And we don't have uh, sick leave or... We don't have the freedom to be human beings in this country. The freedom. That's what it means to be free. To, the freedom to take a chance. The freedom to fail. The freedom to be frail. But you charge? Oh, God. These sick fuckers. Sick. Sick, sick, sick. Everything is a commodity. That's capital. Capital. Stephanie, I can't believe you, of all people, somebody who knows capitalism. You're up there on your corporate media mouthpiece network, filleting capitalism every day from sunup to sundown. You, of all people. How you should know how much it works. Yeah, it works when you're when you're spreading the corporate line. Oh, that works. They're not going to work for me though. Capitalism works. Oh my god. And we charge, and better hospitals get, get donations. Oh, and they... we charge, and better hospitals get donations. Is that how capitalism works? And if you're not a better hospital, or let's say, you know, like in the Middle Passage, you charge, and then better slaves get to make the journey across, and then the others get thrown over. Ones who don't aren't going to make a good charge. You're not going to be able to charge a lot for them. And then they're they're just useless eaters. And so you throw them over. 
right? Sort of like when the useless eaters go and they're like, I'm sick. And you're like, well, we're going to charge. And then you're like, oh, well, the better hospitals get donations. So maybe you can go on GoFundMe. Like when that woman got cancer and the hospital administration told her, go on GoFundMe. That happened in the United States. They said, come back when you've on when you're on GoFundMe and your GoFundMe account is up to ten grand. But you better come up with a good with a gimmick, because there's a lot of kids on there with cancer and shit, and they looking really pathetic, and they get a lot of people to pull on their heartstrings. So you better come up with some kind of gimmick to make yourself look kind of st- like useless and pathetic. And but when you're begging on the side of the internet superhighway for medical costs. You better be like, oh, help me. Um, I, uh, I got, I'm a mother. I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a veteran. I, uh, I got a baby. I was a baby once. Uh, here's me with my feeding tube. Here's me with my bald head. It's okay, but I'm smiling. I like to put up inspirational quotes with my bald head saying, everybody, don't let it get you down. That's what I've turned my Instagram page into, um, an influencer account so I can pay some of these bills. Maybe somebody will sponsor me and while I'm getting my tumor cut out, they could live stream it. And then uh, you could do some super chats. And and then, then, you know, you charge. That's capitalism. It really does work. It works, Stephanie. You of all people. Prove their health care. Hey, what's wrong with having what's experts wrong? who know how to distribute stuff? Who the fuck said that was do- wrong? Did anybody say that was wrong? Nobody said that. They've been consulting the experts. You, What is this fucking old ghoul doing? What is he saying? His big idea is to get the experts? Yeah. That's what we've been saying. That's why when Dr. Fauci was out there, we're like, and we were like, oh, Twitter is getting jealous. We want to hear Dr. Fauci and Twitter put him on the sidelines because he was getting too much attention. Um, yeah, Joe Biden, even I'm not a big fan of Cuomo. But they listen to the experts. They have the experts. D- uh, de Blasio and Cuomo. They're not just saying, oh, let's uh, fuck it. Let's uh, let's close up the, let's close this fucking restaurant. Whatever. They're listening. They, they have the experts. This guy is, uh, 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 talk about a useless eater. Not only a useless eater, a parasite. The biggest parasite 
to your drugstore and buy uh, uh, cosmetics or drugs or whatever things they sell? I guess you can, but I don't think you really want to do that. These are the professionals. What? Well, the reason people wouldn't... What is he talking... Wait, wait, wait. Or whatever things... Wait, let me go back a little. Owners don't want what's best for their Stephanie, states? Stephanie, you or everybody should understand capitalism really does work. I mean, if you, you give people an incentive to do something, they're going to do it. Oh, Our yeah. The hospital system is based on capitalism. We charge, and better hospitals oh get, get donations, and they improve their health care. Oh, that's and it. What's wrong with having experts who know how to distribute stuff? If you're afraid to go to your drugstore and buy uh, uh, cosmetics or drugs or whatever things they sell, I guess you can, but I don't think you what? really want to do that. These she i have to say that that sentence he what he said I, that's why i went back to hear the whole thing again it makes absolutely no sense so of course of course it doesn't make sense more wasted air let, let, let's listen again you ask ask me Yes, it's it's like a capitalism circle jerk loop stuck in some kind of Westworld capitalism Westworld loop where you're just like me 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 doesn't look like anything to me doesn't look like anything to me the big pharmacy companies so uh, wait wait let's let's add, let's just go back here she says something and he's like. Look at the experts. Grudging to turn it over. Every governor wants to be able to stand up oh, there and say... Oh, because the governors want to say, I did this, okay. Making a decision. No, maybe, the, maybe you. That's the thing. He's projecting onto everybody else. Maybe it's just you. Maybe you want to stand up there and say, look at me. Because look, look at you now. You're on. Could you imagine that call when the producer goes can we get you for 20 minutes to just riff on the pandemic and who fuck i mean do you hear this fucking guy do you hear him he really believes his own bullshit wait that's tara jr <laughs> tara <laughs> jr jr's doing that Junior, just hit the buttons. Now I'm in the wrong camera. Over the course of the last year, John Oh, Hopkins Junior. You rewound the whole thing. And states are actually getting them in people's arms. You think we're doing it right? Well, I'm not in office anymore. Uh, okay? um, I have criticized office. the federal government. I've criticized the state governments and I've criticized the city governments. Oh wow! Uh, what I would have done, done day one You're is turn it equal over opportunity to the criticizer. Who are the professionals that know how to distribute? Must be both sides. Drugs and vaccines and that sort of thing. They're the big pharmacy companies. Hi, and Tara. you just hire them. Now we've done some of that already. Okay. But let's try to figure out really to what he's saying. Turn it over. Every governor wants to be able to stand up there and say, "I'm making a decision in terms of." whether you can open your restaurant oh junior you did it again stop you see i just want to show you what he's doing look 
He's like on the computer. He's put. I hate when he does this. He pushes me. I don't like that. How many people you can put in your restaurant? That should not be left up to the governors. That's where you have health experts. And we're not turning to the health experts. That's not true. The health experts or the WH. That is not fucking true. We have health experts. We're not turning to the health. I mean, this guy is just a fucking waste of air and time. Time we could have spent in a... Um, educating and informing people. Honey, I gotta put you down. I gotta, I gotta. Look, say hello. Yes, he's a good boy. Uh oh, he's getting mad. <gasps> you hear him? You hear what I have to hear? You hear what I gotta put up with? Honey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <gasps> He's abusing me again. Look, watch, watch. <laughs> All right, I'll try. Look. Hey! I think this is Ray, actually. Like, it's Ray's influence. I think he's anxious. Hey, honey, stop that. You're biting me for real now. I don't like it. Now he's licking me. <laughs> Can't go from biting to... Look at this shit. Honey. What's the matter? Baby. You okay? Yeah. Now your claws stuck. I think it's Ray making him anxious. That's why I brought the thunder shirt for him. And he took it off. You okay, honey? This is my number one son. You okay? All right. What, honey? What? Oh, baby. A lot of changes. You okay? All right, honey. Good boy. Sit. Lay down, honey. Lay down. Isn't he cute? He's mad. Poor baby, right? Oh, Greg says, Tara should have dressed like Stephanie for her interview with the professor. Maybe it would have gone better. As they say, dress for success, you son of a bitch. Oh, well, you can't win them all. At least, I mean, I mean what the fuck? God. Everybody, did you vote in the chat how bad it was? One was really bad, and ten was not as bad. Oh, honey, what are you doing? Oh. <laughs> what did I do? I fucked it up. I fucked it up. I could have done a good one. It could have been the best interview. 
of all. And he could have been like, you're the best interview I ever had. Now you must come on my show and let me interview you. <gasps> oh man, Shadow Star Ace has voted one. Fuck. That means one. That means sucks. We got one for sucks. Eight. Eight for effort. That's not good. No. Shit. Fuck. Damn it. Damn it. Now, god damn it. I'm gonna have to... I don't know. I will have to cut the interview out and post it. Oh, well. <sighs> Fuck. I just got a little nervous in the second half. You could tell. Uh, okay, I'm getting depressed now. not be left up to the governors. That's where you have health experts. And we're not turning to the health experts. <laughs> and the health experts Six. are the WHO, CDC, um, the, the big pharmacy companies, uh, the big drugstore companies. Um, you know, we know what to do. We just are unwilling to turn it over and let the delivery of the vaccine be in the hands of the professionals. But oftentimes people would say that <laughs> the, the pharmacy companies, for example, those are businesses. Do you put that in the hands of businesses? Do you think that the what governors do don't want what, what, what's what, best for their Stephanie, states? Stephanie, you of everybody, anybody should understand capitalism really does work. Shut up! I mean, if you give people an incentive to do something, they're going to yeah. do it. Because, you know, when you see an old lady fall in the street and you're like, what's my incentive? to help this old lady. Does she, you got any money? I'm gonna charge. You want me to help you, lady? You charge. And if she's worth helping across the street, you, you help her. And then maybe if she's not worth it, she can lay in the street and get donations. And be like, I need help getting across the street, but you charge. And, but uh, there's a truck coming. But you so, you know, you have an incentive to get your money, to get your donations. And then you come up with a nice social media platform. You become an Instagram influencer. You do, you post some uh, uh, incredibly heart-wrenching video of yourself laying in the street. It's like a mix between Bloomberg and Whoopi Goldberg's voice. <laughs> oh, man. Eve says, edit it with excerpts about his book. Fucking shit. Every, if, God damn it. <laughs> Why? Why do I, damn it, have to suck?
you know, you don't see other people. You don't see David Pakman doing doing this, lamenting himself. You don't see Randy Rhodes or you just no, they wouldn't care. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Why do I care? I shouldn't have cared. That's the problem. I should not have cared. I should have just been like cool. Cool about it. Fuck. Oh my God. All right. It does work. Well, the reason people wouldn't say lean on capitalism is because who helps the poorest, right? If you put it in the hands of a business, then they're going to care yeah, about. That's, that's just not true. You can give them an incentive. Just not true. Well, just dismiss it out of hand. No, it's not true. That's why 35,000 Americans needlessly die every year. Millions go bankrupt with health care, with health insurance, I should say. Millions go bankrupt. That now, right now, people are arguing with the health insurance racketeers. Please pay, pay for my, my tumor, please. To deliver it to different groups, different what? neighborhoods. You need incentives. That's, that's just not true. You can give them an incentive Fuck to you. deliver it to different groups, different neighborhoods. Really? In different well, manners. You can give them an incentive? Who? Who's you? We? You mean the taxpayer gives them an incentive. Well, how about we just have fucking health care for all? How about that? And then we don't have to give incentives. To fucking gangsters to pick up an old lady and, and help her out of the street. How about that? Everybody in, nobody out. Well, let's give some incentives to do the human thing. Who needs an incentive? I don't know. You Do you need an incentive to do what's right? If you do, then you're a sick, sick Son of a bitch. And you're sad. And that's why we shouldn't be emulating you in any way, shape, or form. You give him an incentive? Who the fuck needs an incentive to help somebody? Help them. If, if somebody's sick and you can help them, you need an incentive for that? You got to incentivize. Incentivize. Is that the right word? That. Get the fuck. Because that's all that matters, right? What's in it for me? E pluribus unum. What's in it for me? How's that in Latin? Let's see. Latin translation. Let's see. What's in it? for me this might be too long yeah quid en enem mihi est in a mm. yeah that sounds good 
Forget E Pluribus Unum. Damn it. You give them it. That's just not true. Yeah, when you are confronted with the actual results or the 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 facts and the truth, just say, eh, it's not true. Yes, right, Andrea on the chat. Give who an incentive? Well, I guess you got to give the hospitals, the doctors, or whoever. Give them an incentive. You got to help to give a shit about the pores, about the unwashed masses. You give them an incentive, because who the fuck wants to touch them with a 10-foot pole? So you give them an incentive, because nobody wants to touch them. They're dirty. They're dirty. They're lazy. They have no bootstraps. They're, they're, they're stupid. They're ignorant. They're, uh, they're eating all kinds of greasy food because it's all a 99 menu value meals. Yeah, an incentive. Nobody wants You don't want to go in, in their bad neighborhood. You got to give an incentive to give a shit. It works. You just say to CVS or Walmart, uh, Walgreens, and, and say, this is what we want you to do. If you want the business, here are the rules. And they deliver enormous quantities of drugs all the time. I wish I had some drugs right now. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Very few errors. Mike, you run Very a few business. errors. How the fuck do you know? They they deliver enormous amounts of of drugs all the time with very few errors. Like who does this guy? He doesn't even make sense. Travel restrictions make that difficult. Working from yes. home makes that difficult. Yes. How long will we be in an office like this and it be relatively empty? Well, um, some businesses are very good. Some businesses can you believe this interview? Really? I'm a believer that long term you have to have people working together face to face. Oh, uh, well, Zoom aren't is not a substitute you? for the water cooler. Shut and your filthy mouth! We are getting there. People are starting <laughs> to come back. President Biden wants to open schools. Oh, they cut it. I wonder what they cut out. Is something so scintillating? I I would love to see the uncut. Uh, director's cut of this in interview not like my tom hartman interview which is it's all laid we left it all on the field <laughs> along with my self-esteem dignity uh hopes dreams and uh my ability to sleep tonight getting pushback what's your take on that well um i think that what we're doing to poor kids is a disgrace. Shut your mouth. Like you give a shit. Okay, now here. Here comes the let's talk out of both sides of our ass. Because that's what's going on here. Here we go. We're supposed to care. Now, remember, everyone, we're supposed to care about poor kids. These poor kids are not in school. They will never recover from this. And they had a bad education experience anyways. Why? We have not Why? had good school. Why did they have a bad education experience? Is it because 
education in this country is funded by property taxes because of our racist ass history? Huh? And like you care? You care about their education experience. That's why you want you want to open school. This is what he wants. He's saying, like, we got to open the schools. Exactly. Andre on the chat. Stop and frisk. Yeah. They had a, uh, how about the bad experience walking around your own neighborhood? Like you're in an enemy camp. And him, um, we can go on YouTube right now and listen to and watch. We can find all of those videos of him defending stop and frisk like the like the good republican that he is everything fear fear be afraid be afraid be afraid like we're supposed to be afraid you say of people with darker pigment because they didn't stop and frisk in my neighborhood I mean, I live in Sunnyside. It's the most culturally diverse neighborhood in the country. Well, one of them. So. But they weren't here stopping. Nobody stopped and frisked me. Why? I wonder why. I couldn't even imagine. That's what I remember when stop and frisk was happening. And I remember thinking. If anybody fucking stopped and frisked me, I'd be in Rikers because I would lose my mind. Probably. How, what, how in, in, just how terrorizing that is to be treated like that. You're walking down the street and then the cops are like, hey, hey, up against the wall and frisk you, you fucking son of a bitch. Do we not have a constitution in this country? Of course, you know, the Republicans, they don't have a problem with that because they're not stopping and frisking the Proud Boys, right? When they should be. They're not stopping and frisking, what? The, f the F and Trump and Zs. Well, as we see, you're, if you're white, you get to storm the Capitol. And then the Republicans have uh, insurrection amnesia. And everybody's supposed to move on. Cool. Now, let's imagine. What if it was Black Lives Matter? I, I just can't help it. Think about it. What if Black Lives Matter? Although that wouldn't happen because we know. If Black Lives Matter stormed the Capitol, oh, my God. You know what would happen? We know. It would be a bloodbath. Which the, the Capitol would still be closed today because of all the corpses. And the Republicans, oh my God. What, would they be talking about unity and moving on and... Shit. ...for poor kids. And this now is just so much worse. Um, the president has to stand up to the unions. And the look at this shit, right? What? Look at this. It's like an old crank. Some right-wing Fox News viewer slash victim at the bar riffing on, a, on bullshit 
You gotta stand up to the unions. Capitalism works. And you charge. Holy shit. Remotely for a period of time. Uh, I'm a believer that long term right. you have to have people Wait, working together. I hit the wrong button. Never recover from Shut this. Shut your and they mouth. had a bad education experience anyways. We oh, yeah, I know. Get your kids. little violin and out, I'm sure. It's just so much worse. Um, the You're president so has upset to stand by up it. The, unions the teachers' so, unions? Yeah, because it's the unions that made the children in uh, the poor's have a bad experience, right? It's the unions. The unions who aren't desperate enough because they have a union. So they get. They're treated like humans, not just disposable tampons or something. Not that tampons are, are indisposable. You know what I'm saying? It's not like there's a disposable and non-disposable. So they're all disposable. Teachers, yes, teachers unions. You know, the teachers say, well, I don't want to go back because it's dangerous. We have a lot of city and state and federal employees who run risks. That's part of the job. You run risks to help America. You fucking lecturing scumbag in the ivory tower. You run risks to help America? This is the middle of a pandemic, son of a b lot of city employees have risks. You're talking about children. Oh, well, and... Let's let, let, let's play this out. So teachers, you're going to, they're disposable, expendable. So what? One dies, another one comes along. Whatever. Eh, eh. That's how much we respect education in this country. It's the unions. You see, you got to stand up to the unions. They don't want to go into a deadly pandemic without the proper equipment. Well, a lot of city employees got to take risks. Well, they this is a different situation. You're in a crowd. You got a classroom with 30 to 40 kids. A germ factory. And what do you, because he, he, he thinks he knows best. This billionaire knows best. You understand? That's what he thinks. It's like the robber barons of the other, of the other century. Yes. The new Gilded Age. This is it. We're watching it. It's happening. We're living in it. help your state, to help your city, to help your oh, family. Oh, well, thank you. It's like Trump. Who run what is the difference between him saying this and Trump saying how beautiful it is, doctors running into death like soldiers running into bullets? It's the same thing he's saying. So want to take a... They want... What the, what the unions want is for the schools to be fitted properly to fight the pandemic to have plastic barriers and ventilation shit they did in norway six months ago but they don't do it because you know it doesn't matter 
if you're rich, if you have a rich school in a rich neighborhood, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Because this racist country funds our racist school system on uh, racist property taxes. I mean, that's why we fund our schools on property taxes. There's no other reason. Because they didn't want to have... They, they needed to keep people in their place. Damn it. You run risks to help America, you to help your state, to help so your city, how does to help your family. Spreading to help your family? How does putting yourself in danger help help America, help your family? How about we fucking address the pandemic and not expect people to die. We try to minimize needless death, but we don't do that in this country because that's capitalism, Stephanie. It really works. And people, the thing is, though, they're the teachers, you got to go after the unions because the teachers, they're not desperate enough yet. So you got to break those unions. And then maybe you pit the teachers against each other. You start telling them that their problems are because somebody, some black person is going to take their job or, or somebody else, some other. You, you give them an other to hate. It, it doesn't matter if they, if they have darker pigment or not. If the teachers have darker pigment, just tell them that an other, something other is coming to get them. And take, take what they got. And because they don't have a union, then you, you know what you do? What, what really helps you, you just fire a few of them randomly. Some of the good ones, maybe somebody that everybody likes. Because they have no protect, you just fucking fire. Maybe they don't. They're too comfortable in their job. They've been there twenty five years. They're too. They've passed their prime. Who cares? They're six months from retirement. You gotta go put the fear of God in these in these workers. They're nothing. They're pawns, Stephanie. Capitalism, you know, works. That works. And then, then you tell them, sort of like the, the workers in the meat, in the slaughterhouses. And they die, they're dropping like flies, but there's another one right behind them, desperate. Desperate and wants to take that job. They're waiting for somebody to die. They're like, let me, put me in, coach. I want to die, too. I don't want to die, but I also want to live. And I can't live without, in this racist-ass, kiss-up, kick-down, capitalist country. God. Without trying to, you know, trying to just get sit on this line and chop these chickens up. Next thing, who knows? Next, they're going to be pushing my ass on the line. If they could, they would. Then some other sucker would chop me up, and then at the end, a robot arm comes down and sweeps us all into the grinder. 
Oh, yeah, it's all mixed up anyway. God. This country is F. What, Grandma? <clears throat> I run out of tea. This is uh, Crystal Light. Obviously, I'm reusing my plastic bottle. I'm very depressed right now because my interview sucked. Just checking in. Yes. Paradu says general strike. Me thinks, yes, exactly. That's what we need. But the country is too divided. They've done this to us deliberately. Of course. And uh, there's just no reason not to have the schools open. The uh, There's no reason. No, I can't think of a one. Can anybody else think of a reason why the schools shouldn't be open or... I don't know. It's, it's just weird. Why? Why are they closed? I mean, it's not like there's a fucking pandemic. It's not like nearly 500,000 Americans have died in six months. Yeah, it's a round and round. It's the roulette wheel. You want to spin that wheel? Well, millions are sick. Only 500,000 are dead. You want to take those odds? It's always good in, unless it's you, right? God, COVID. Where is COVID? When we need it. Jesus Christ. On a boink. Well, classes are a joke. It is worse than a joke. Uh, poor people don't have iPads. They don't have uh, Wi-Fi. They don't have somebody. What? what? Well, we could remedy that, don't you think? If we paid for our schools, if every school was a good school and all the kids had the shit that they needed through taxes, high marginal tax rates, where the rich paid their taxes at a high rate, so we stopped the intergenerational aristocracy, and then the rich, you know, could still be rich, but they just couldn't be so rich. Like, one effing person has more money than some small countries, and then they get to sit on the corporate media millionaire mouthpiece network and tell us all that we're doing it wrong that we should just suck it up and take one for the team. If you die, you die. It ain't gonna be me. Be at home to sit during the day and force the child to pay attention. And without that, the virtual learning just does not exist. How the fuck do you know? It doesn't exist? No, it's not. Um, it does exist. It's happening every single day. Is it different? Yeah. But it is happening. 
It doesn't exist. It's like saying, I don't know, bathrooms don't exist because you're used to going in the outhouse. I don't know. It does exist. It's unreal. And the teachers unions you see in Chicago uh, and in New York, we've had problems. Uh, it's what the fuck? Why is this on television? What is the point unless just to bash unions yet again? And trust me, because we hear this shit, this is going to be, uh, you, you hear it coming from average people. Unions. Oh, unions. I remember when uh, I was working at a TV, well, you know, I work in TV, but I think it's, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I was working at, uh, well, it was at Court TV, and somebody was saying, we should start a union here. We weren't a union in a union shop at the, then or ever. And, and I was like, I'm in. And somebody was like, oh, unions. And I said, what? What's wrong with unions? And she's like, well... They sound good, but then, you know, you hear all these things. See, propaganda works. And I was like, what things? I don't know. I just heard it's you, you got to pay your dues and then well, you don't really get anything back. Like collective bargaining and benefits and you don't get to be to the point of the teachers union where you got billionaires attacking them. The reason why the teachers union is attacked is because it's, it works for the workers and we can't have that in a oligarchy. That's for sure. And I heard another friend of mine who is a, who's a father has kids or whatever. That's what that means, father, you know. And he was saying, he just said something about teachers unions. Oh, they protect the bad teachers. This is what he hears on on wherever, whatever bullshit, every corporate media, of course, station or whatever is bullshit. I mean, is uh, anti-union. They're not out there promoting unions. There's no labor news. Here's labor news. Get that. It used to be that. You understand? And uh, and I was like, what are you talking about? They protect the bad. So they. So a few. If there's a few bad teachers that don't get fired right away or whatever, it doesn't mean. Oh, if, that the whole system sucks. There's few. There's bad people everywhere. There's people that shouldn't be doctors. There's people that shouldn't be lawyers. There's people that shouldn't be in any profession. So it doesn't mean that, you know, the whole thing needs to go. How about the teachers' union also protects the good teachers, too, from the abuse and also 
um, how about a, a teacher's union will, and uh, when a teacher isn't harassed and harangued constantly, maybe they could focus on teaching if we paid them a living wage. They wouldn't have to worry about scrimping and saving and buying extra supplies for the kids out of their own pocket that they can't even afford. Or maybe they could put away their their Uber side gigs and actually teach. Right? Instead of going from school one day and then going to the, doing your DoorDash or whatever, they could... Go home they and recharge or d- learn, take classes in being a better teacher or learn seminars or whatever. Jesus Christ. They should be able to earn a living. Well, I know my cousins, two of my cousins are teachers and they both have extra jobs. My, uh, and But all... All my cousins wanted to be from the time they were little were, was a teacher. That's their dream. And that's what they're doing. That's what they're meant to do. Yeah, I remember my cousin Megan when she was little playing school, playing teacher. That's ev- all from the time she could talk wanted to be a teacher. And that's what she is. Some people, that's, we should want that. We should cultivate that and cherish that. That should be worth something. We can do more of that and less of that. Less of that Bloomberg. Time for Joe Biden to stand up and say, the kids are the most important things. Things. Uh, important uh, uh, players <laughs> whips, here. Whips, and whips, whips. the teachers whips. just are going to have to. Things, you meant. And stand up. Look, look. Oh, I'm sorry. I talked over education. That. Did you hear what he said? Yeah. Unions you see in Chicago uh, and in New York. Virtual classes are a joke. It is worse than a joke. Uh, poor what people don't have iPads. They don't have uh, Wi-Fi. They don't have somebody. Yeah, but you at got home like fifty billion dollars, right? Because you're not taxed. To pay attention, and without that, the virtual learning just does not exist. And the teachers' unions you see in Chicago uh, and in New York, we've had problems. Uh, it's time for Joe Biden to stand up and yeah, say, that's "The it. kids are the most important things." Things. Important uh, uh, players here. Things. No, you meant things, honey. You meant things. They're not people. They're things. Joe Biden, that's what he's going to do. He's going to stand up and be like against the unions, the teachers. It's time for Joe Biden to stand up and go against the teachers unions in the pandemic. Because... That's a good idea. Oh, great. I ho- hope you uh, like those tiny coffins. Oh, well, don't worry. Kids don't really die, they say. Oh, hats off to the immune system. As Twitter says, hats off to the immune si- Fuck you. Oh, my God, this country. Yeah, they don't die, but they do die.
except when they do die. So why you want to be the one, the two, the 12? I mean, kids do die from it. And also they spread it. So say goodnight to mama, daddy. Maybe the kid will be an orphan by the time you're done, Bloomberg. What are you going to do then? Oh, well, that makes a nice desperate worker, doesn't it? Maybe they have nobody then. You could really work with that. <laughs> and they go, you do. Hey, you want to tell them to go into that chicken f- slaughterhouse and kill some chickens? Oh, they'll do it. This is so sick. And the teachers just are going to have to suck it up and stand up. Unbelievable. And provide an education. Otherwise, what the fuck do you think they're doing? In in spite of it all, they're providing an education. Oh, because you, you, you old cracker, you think you don't like unions? Real democratic candidate, right? That's your democratic contender. <laughs> the one who's like socialism and oh god but never saying what he means what is what what part of socialist security don't you like Mm. this country these kids have no chance whatsoever, Stephanie. It is a disaster. That's what's it. Happening he sounds like when Trump. You look at the situation. Everything's a disaster that he doesn't like. It's a disaster. It's a disgrace. It's a disaster. No, it's not. It's actually not a disaster. It's different, but people adapt. That's one of the things about human beings. We we fucking adapt. I mean, to the detriment of Mother Earth, that's for sure. But we adapt. We learn. We change. You know, like when it gets cold, you put on a winter coat. That's adapting. It's a disaster. Oh. Where the F are you getting your information from? Because up in the ivory tower, maybe you don't really see what's going on. That we are in. When you look at the World Health Organization, there's been a lot of criticism that it's too bureaucratic an organization. It's why potentially it took so long to actually call this pandemic what it was in terms of a global emergency. Do you need to make changes at the WHO to prepare us for the next situation? Yeah, thank you. Thank you very oh. much. Okay. Uh, first of all, let's get back to the Bloomberg. That actually is composed of uh, experts from many countries. They're, these are not people who work for WHO. These are international experts. On, and based on their advice, we declared the emergency on January 30th. We believe that the emergency declaration was actually on time. We don't believe that there was a delay, but anyone can, 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 can have a look. And as I said earlier, after the declaration, we have been saying this virus is dangerous. 
When are we going to get back to our real lives? When are we going to get back to our pre-pandemic lives? Well, it's happening right now in New York City. The traffic is a little bit better each day. Stores are being starting to open. Uh, February 14th, we're going to open the restaurants at least for 25% of the, the capacity, and that will quickly go because the public is just gonna demand this. What do you know? We don't know. Shut your mouth, demand. Jesus Christ. The public is just gonna demand getting COVID. When they see others get it, they're gonna be like, give me that. It's, I've been too long inside now that the vaccine is here and the end is in sight. I want to die. I want to be one of the last to die of this disease. Because I need to, I'm tired. I'm tired of takeout. I have some real third, first world problems. I'm sick of takeout. And I demand to eat in a small, enclosed place with a lot of other people. Immediately. I'm an American, and I, I mean business. I mean it. I've been in, I've too long, I'm a teacher. I'm I, I, all day on Zoom. It's a disgrace. I'm sick of it. I want to, I want to, I, I really, I have a death wish. And I want to do, I want to take as many of you with me as I can to prove a point. It's like the Whitestone Republican Club. <laughs> demand. They're going to demand they get together and have a COVID conga line. As soon as they see others on a COVID conga line, they're going to get together and they're going to demand it. Um, you know, the governor, I, I, I'm sure he wants to do what's right and keep people from catching things, but we have to have from, an economy too. From catching things? What things? I don't know. What? what? A cold, catching a cold, catching things. What thing could he be talking about? The reason he, oh, but we have to have an economy too. Tell that to the refrigerated morgue trucks on the side of the road. Or how about the doctors and nurses who've been working 16-hour shifts for eight months? Or maybe, maybe, oh, well, don't worry, because if he gets it, oh, he will have the best care. He won't be like you or me. Where the doctor will have to assess whether we're, we get in, whether we're worthy of a bed. Oh, do we have a snowflake's chance in hell or do we have a shot? Unbelievable that this was, that you hear me, guys? This was on television this morning. It was broadcast into millions of homes. Unbelievable.
And I wrote an, a nasty editorial about one of the companies who said to the people, you don't have to come back for a year. And I talked about, what about all the people in the neighborhood who depended on like you your care? company and its employees to patronize them? Restaurants and shoe shiners oh, okay. and, so and, and cleaning and, and, and the cab drivers. Haven't we been through this already? It's the same old complaints. Yes, we, we understand. What about them? That's why we need an effective rescue package. Right? That effectively addresses the medical emergency, the health emergency, and gives people what they need to get through this thing without having to push to open fucking clo uh, clothes, open stores and shops and restaurants before, um, until, what was it? Too soon, too soon is the words I'm looking for. Yeah, we we need an economy too. He sounds like Trump. Yeah, we need an economy. That's why we need an economy. You know, it, like in England, they I told you guys now, they give the the people, the workers, everybody's getting 80% of their salary and they're paying. That's what they're doing. They're picking up the salaries of the businesses and they're giving the businesses money to get through on the condition that they don't let anybody go. So when it does open up again, you get to, you open up, it goes back. It's not like everything's shuttered and you're on the unemployment rolls and you got to find a new job. It's not like here. Your job is there. It's waiting for you. It's like sending people to storm the beaches of Normandy with nothing. Well, we also got to have an economy. And that's body armor and helmets and weapons and well, it all costs money. You got to charge. We also need an economy. Yeah, we've been through this. This is what we've been hearing. We heard this from Trump. Same shit. And that will quickly go because the public is just going to demand this. Um, you know, the governor, I, I, I'm sure he wants to do what's right and keep people from catching things. Catching but we have to have an things. Economy too. And I wrote an, a nasty editorial about one of the companies who said to the people, you don't have to come back for a year. And I talked about, what about all the people in the neighborhood who depended on your company and its employees to patronize them, restaurants and shoe shiners and, and, and cleaning and, and, and the cab drivers and all of that sort of stuff. We're all in this together. And we've just oh, got to go wow. build We're all in this together. If that's the case, then give people what they need to get through instead of firing people and having businesses go under and sending everybody to the food bank lines. Jesus Christ. We're all in this together. Francis, what the hell?
Francis. Francis. Shit. Back. It is just waiting to come back. People still want to work with each other. I'm sure there are some people who've left New York and left London and other big cities. But the vast bulk of the people know because this is where culture happens. This is where commerce happens. This is where medicines get developed. Um, this, is, this is the future of, of, of America and of the world. And there's no reason to think oh, that we aren't up. going to go right back, pick it up. It'll take a little while. Not suggesting Broadway's not going to come back for another year because you really do have to get everybody vaccinated or critical mass or whatever. Uh, but we, we, we are coming back and people want to come back. Wow. How? It was a slow clap. Holy shit. That's where we that's where we live, ladies and gentlemen. We now know the disease. We didn't know it. Now we know it. It affects elderly people, elderly people with heart problems and other problems. If they have other problems, that's what it really affects. That's it. You know, in some states, thousands of people, nobody young, below the age of 18. Wow. Nobody. They have a strong immune system. Who knows? You look at you. Take your hat off to the young, because they have a hell of an immune system. But it affects. <sighs> oh, God. Hardly nobody dies. Yeah, nobody. Nobody's die. Nobody's. Hmm. Anyway. All right, guys. People want to come back. Maybe you'll want to come back tomorrow to Terror Buster after that disastrous Tom Hartman interview. Will you want to come back tomorrow? I'm so embarrassed. Now I have to write him a, like something and say, I'm not going to do it tonight. I won't sleep tonight. I will sit in my bed staring at the ceiling and cringing hats off to the immune system I'll say that hardly nobody dies I didn't see anybody voting let's see do I suck I, I don't even want to go through the chat people are going to say you suck Tara Eight for effort. <laughs> That's so pathetic. All right. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Thank you, Resin Rebel, for your super chat. Thank you, Errol Thomas, for your super chat. And thank you, JD, for your super chat in pounds. Thank you, Traverse J, for your super chat. And thank you, Shadow Star Ace, for your super chat. Well, somebody. This is Tara Busters. Well. Yeah, 
Errol Thomas. Tara, you did your best, which, unfortunately, your best sucks. All right. Uh, don't be too hard on yourself. Oh, Shadow Star A says, disregard that number one, Tara. That was for Bloomberg's interview. All right. Thank you. It wasn't that bad. That's good. All right. That Resin Rebel. Tom was tired. You were excited. It wasn't that bad. It's true. He didn't seem... He wasn't jumping in. So then I got more... More talkative. And then I got more nervous. And I was like... Thinking to myself the whole time. I'm talking too much. I'm talking too much. But then I would stop a little and I didn't hear him jump in. So I would start again. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Eh, whatever. It'll be all right. I'll ask him again. I'll get, I'll have a round two. I'll say, can we do, can we have a do over and do it right on Skype? And maybe next time we can laugh about my, we can laugh. Yes, right. It was true. He was kind of low-key. He was probably tired. You know how many interviews he's been doing? A lot. Because I was watching them. But I was the only one, I have to tell you, from what I gathered, that actually read the book. I did. And I was excited to talk to him because... I really wanted to start the revolution. Well, get him to talk to the representatives and senators and the big wigs that he talks to and get them to start talking about the patri reclaiming patriotism, reclaim uh, reclaiming e pluribus unum. As an action plan. Use that. That's the best slogan. E pluribus unum is our action plan. We don't leave anybody behind. That's America. That's how we unify. Everybody in. Nobody out. That's the only American way. Hello? Doesn't that feel right when you think and talk about it? It feels right in your heart. And that's how we will heal. We will start healing our racist ass history and our just our racist ass country by in by actually embracing e pluribus everybody in we're in this together that's yes we are our brothers and sisters keepers we pay our taxes we have universal health care everybody has it regardless of pigment. We invest in each other's education or um, if you are a trade. Right? That's what it means to be free. We give you there's the safety net to, to be sick, to be human, to have a bad day, to need a little help. That's freedom. That's it. 
everybody and nobody out. And that is how they will, that's how no, uh, no damn politician can scrap it. There you go. All right, guys. I want to thank all of you for hanging out and talking me off the ledge. God. And that whole front of the show of trying to call in. and Oh, God. So, so annoying. I'm sorry. All right, I'm going to go and get unconscious and... Hopefully I'll feel better when I'm unconscious. Then tomorrow I'll write Tom a email or something and apologize <laughs> for being annoying, for sucking, and ask him if he'll do it again one day. He'll say yes to be polite and then blow me off subsequently for about a year and a half, maybe. Then maybe I'll run into him at some conference somewhere about two years from now. Well, I'll remind him about it, and he'll he'll do a quick interview on my phone just to be nice. Then I'll go home and think about everybody else who's uh, actually done good interviews and I won't I'll, I'll eat I'll gain like 20 pounds eating ice cream at night then I'll hate myself even more in the morning and it'll go from there so <laughs> alright my friends my friends my Thank you for hanging out. Next time will be better. We'll have more fun another night. Oh, my God. I don't even want to look at this interview. Oh. Well, I'll do it tomorrow after a good night's sleep. Okay, yes, you're right. Shadow Star A says, don't assume that he feels the same way you do about the interview. Don't worry too much. Was it that yeah, I guess, I, I mean, I don't want to be annoying asking, was it bad? Was it bad? Oh, my God. All right. Who cares? Right? Toughen up. Toughen up, Devlin. Stop it. <laughs> You're funny, Greg. She sounds like me after I talked to her one time. <laughs> Is don't is that what you sounded like? What? Why did I say that? Oh, that's funny. Tomorrow's another day. I hope so. All right, guys. Yes, I will probably do a show tomorrow night. What do you think about that? Oh, and the other thing. Well, I'll have to say it again. Uh, the show on Saturday is going to be at eight o'clock instead of six. I have to tell everybody. All right, guys, guys, guys. My name is Tara Devlin. Oh, yeah. 
Remember to become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And remember, remember what I say. We will win. Because we are on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. My name is Tara Devlin. I will see you very soon.